Hey everyone and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Mailfuzz TV. I am Peter and joining me as always is Connor. Whoa, what are you doing? Swerve. Stop distracting me. <laughs> distracting? Are you watching football right now? Get it off. What, what Get I it off. Such a thing? Get it hey, off. Connor. No, you will give us your full attention, you ginger cretin. Connor. I was just kind of waiting for you to get through your intro bollocks and then I'll give you attention. Connor. Pay attention, yeah? I don't think it's coming home. It is, it is. You, you gotta play us. We do, and you well, ain't standing in the way. I, I think I, they uh, are. Look, you, you maybe have a very good team who oh. may be the, you know, the, the, hold, the current holders. Oh. But screw it, it's coming home. Right, the pair of you shut up. Matt's here as yeah. well. Yeah, so I was at the gym this morning and the Netherlands and Italy game was on. And of good course, game. you know... Spoiler, Netherlands won, and the entire Italian team was crying, and I felt so bad. Like, yeah. It's a big deal for the Netherlands. It's the first time that women's team's ever made a, a semifinal. So oh, snap. It's, it's, it's big for them. Yeah. We talk about DC Comics on this show, <sighs> the comic book podcast. Uh, coming up on this week's show, we have, well, actually, Cara, did you read Detective Comics? I didn't know, did no, you? No, 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 no. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> yes! It, it was the spectacle. You have failed this city, and I went, I'm good. Yes! <laughs> uh, I told you it was teetering on the edge. So no detective comics there. Uh, so we're going to have Action Comics 1012, Wonder Woman 73. I still say 71. That's clearly wrong. Let me just fix that. Uh, Flash 73, Justice League Dark number 12, The Terrific 17, The Silencer 18. That is the final issue of that book. And Dial H for Hero number 4. Um, and it wasn't actually until I was, I was doing this list that I realized, wait a minute, why is Batgirl not here? Why did I not read Batgirl this week? It's because I get pushed to next week. Yeah, so uh, that is that is that. We do have a bit of news, though, and I'm sure we'll we'll t- dilly-dally and some tangenting uh, as we so go. The, the people insisted we do. Yeah. Two people on Twitter is not the, the entire audience. It's, it's enough. People. It's, it's more people that said not to do it. Yeah, which was a one. People, people, people <laughs> of Twitter, our dear listeners, please voice your voice your 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 anger over this wasted football talk time. Can, please do. Can we at least talk about uh, Megan Rapino, who's a you know she's an American player, and she's quite fantastic. Um, she got into a bit of a, a spat with Trump this week. Um, basically, she went, "Hey, you know, if we win and we get invited to the White House, I'm not going." Mm-hmm. And Trump couldn't let it go, of as he expected. Can. And he goes, "Well, who said?" He goes, "Well, who said you were even invited anyway?" Yeah. You, you know. And then he goes, "Well, screw it. Win or lose, you're invited. Turn it down now." Uh, that's like you can't have cookies for dinner. I'm fine. Yeah. No, you know what? You're having nothing but cookies for dinner. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's she's also the same uh, uh, soccer player that that was the only one that would kneel during the anthem. So she she's not that she's a shit stirrer, but she knew this is what the reaction from him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So and like like a bull, he falls for it every time. Because he can't help himself. She should kneel during the anthem. You know what? Do you know what? I will take a dumping your flag during the national anthem if you want. I'm willing to do it. I'll take one you for know, the team. Jericho has a story about almost getting arrested in Brazil for kicking their flag. So, Pete, 
Oh, I, I wouldn't be messing with other country slangs, bud. Like, hey, I'll take a dump. Hey, I'm actually quite happy with my country. I'll still take a dump on the flag if I've given appropriate motivation. If, if, if I had no other toilet roll, I would happily use a flag. Yes. Because <laughs> we don't we don't really have any sort of attachment to our flag. Yeah, and while I'm on the subject, I have no idea what the lyrics of any any national anthems are, so including my own. I'm not even entirely sure what song is my national anthem. <laughs> It's Scotland think, the Brave? Is well, that Piper's music? I think it's technically Scotland the Brave, but most yeah. most events use uh, Flora Scotland instead. Okay. So to be fair, Eng- England has a similar thing where you know it's God Save the Queen, but that's a boring ass song. Uh, so <laughs> we we often use Jerusalem. I don't even know what that is. You listen to it; you'll have heard it. Okay. I figured it was the Double O Seven anthem, <laughs> but I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> that would be uh, better. Yeah, that's my favorite part of going to sporting events where we play a Canadian team because we get to hear Oh Canada, and that song's a banger. And you get everybody singing it, like yeah, that's a good I national went, anthem. I went to uh, the Knights versus the Winnipeg Jets, and there's a ton of Jets fans there. So once Oh Canada starts, they have a part where because their whole thing is True North is one of their sayings, and everyone hit it at the same time, and it gave me goosebumps. And I'm not even like a, it's not my team, b, it's not my country, like. But just the fact they all did it at the same time, that's real cool. But yeah, no, Scotland the Braves is a great one. Like that's yeah. that's not makes you want to fight. Probably because it's Piper's music, but you know. Nah. If you're in a different country though, most people expect it to be uh five hundred males, which for some reason that song spread. <laughs> yeah. That song is terrible. Yes. But what makes it better is when you hear Peter Griffin from Family Guy sing it. Oh god, man. <laughs> Don't, don't don't bring a Seth MacFarlane thing into this. I'm not huh? having this. I'm not having it. So what's this news? <laughs> that was the news. All right, hold on, hold on. I get to the right tab here. Uh, so first things, first things first. Uh, Jesus Marino and Vicente Cafuentes. I don't know how to say your name. Uh, have joined Wonder Woman seventy five because it's an oversized issue. Uh, so, so Zermanico and obviously Jubilla Wilson are still there as well, but it's a longer issue, so extra artists for extra pages. Could sure. be backups. A little bit because shifting in the middle of a story is always more jarring. Um, but maybe it's split into backup. Yeah. There's some make noise coming <laughs> from Connor. From Connor here. I don't know if he was fiddling with it or if his fan is now aiming right at it. So I'm getting. <laughs> noises. He was reporting it from yeah. It just the last sentence. Uh, I I just said what did I say? Um, I remember. I'm sorry. I'm thinking what this is. No, we heard what you said. It just it was it was also accompanied by. It it, it sounds like you're calling in from a category three. (laughs) Literally nothing changed. Nothing moved. I didn't even move my hands. Nothing hit the mic. Uh. I'll plug it, plug it back in and give it a tab. I think it may be that old thing that used to happen. It's just kind of uh, He could work for it. my company as a tech guy because that's what he always says. <laughs> hey, so man, plug, it, plug it back in. I, I know you've not watched Chernobyl, but there's a really good meme I saw today from Chernobyl, right? It's not graphic. If we're not allowed to talk about football, you're right. not allowed to Chernobyl memes. The Atlov, who was, who was in charge of the plant that night, <laughs> says... There's something wrong with Reactor 4. And then it's just uh, 
Chris looked down from the IT crowd say if you try to turn it off and on again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Um, anyway, <laughs> so yeah, so extra extra artists on a uh, Wonder Woman seventy five because it's oversized. Uh, and then the next news, shocking, absolutely no one. Although it's a shame, Shazam issue seven, which I think is the next one, um, has been delayed by seven weeks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've just, I read the it was originally solicited for June nineteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, and now it's August seventh. Yep, August seventh, which means Shazam eight and nine will also be moved back, uh, going t- from August twenty first to September fourth for issue eight. Uh, or sorry, go to August twenty first for issue eight and September fourth for issue nine. I meant to say they're not hitting that. Probably not. Uh, Ten still solicited for September eighteenth. That is definitely not happening. So. so- you know, it's going to take seven weeks to get issue seven out, and then we'll get three issues in six weeks after that. It's not happening. Kara sounds like he's on a beach somewhere when there's like gill force winds like hitting him. Why is this just Nothing's changed. He's like a weatherman, and his hair's uh-huh. all blowing, it's... and we just hear all this rumbling as he's trying to tuck it at the mic. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, Kyle, I'm here down at the beach. The weather's are very this, severe. This was fine for like 20 minutes before if, we if started. You wanna... If you want to get a surfboard, <laughs> the conditions are peak. <laughs> uh, Got a I nice know, offshore I I wind. Slept through this. Causing a nice right to left break. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, all right, so some properties that uh, New imprint, new pop-up imprint from DC called Hell House Comics, uh, which is actually curated by Joe Hill, who's Stephen King's son and the writer comic-wise of Lock and Key. So, we have a whole slate of books coming from this, the first of which is coming October 30th, which of course makes sense, Halloween. That's just the first one, though. We actually have solicits, not with dates, though. We don't know what the dates are for the rest. We also don't know how long any of these books are. They're all limited series, but we don't know what the length of the books actually are. But we do have solicits for every one of them, so brace yourselves here, because I've got a nice bit of info coming for this. All I know is that means Halloween's on a Thursday, which means I'm taking out Friday. Yes. Fair, absolutely fair. <laughs> so the Halloween's one is Halloween's Brexit day, so it's gonna be juicy. Oh, that's a horror story. That's excellent news. Uh, so first, the first book, uh, which is coming October thirtieth with issue one, is Basket uh, Basket Full of Heads. I actually got confused when I first looked, glanced at these because I didn't read the introductory paragraph. I was just looking at solicits, and I was like, why did none of these have like issue numbers on them? But it's just because they're doing this advanced thing. Uh, but these are issue ones. So, a Basket Full of Heads, um, which is written by Joe Hill, art by uh, Leo Max. Um, the rain lashes the grassy dunes of Brody Island, and seagulls scream above the bay. A slender figure in a raincoat carries a large wicker basket, which looks like it might be full of melons, covered by bloodstained scrap of American flag. This is the story of June Branch, a young woman trapped with four cunning criminals who have snatched her boyfriend for a deranged reasons of their own. Now she must fight for her life with the help of an impossible 8th century Viking hacks that can pass through a man's neck in a single swipe. And I was the, out now, man. <laughs> and leave the severed head till still conscious and capable of supernatural speech. Each disembodied head uh, has the malevolent story of its own to tell 
and it's not it isn't long before june finds herself in a desperate struggle to hack through their lies and manipulations racing to save the man she loves before time runs out so she's got a bunch of talking heads that she's decapitated with her viking axe that is the the premise of this one <laughs> i'm in yeah I'm, I'm in as well yeah i'm just like oh birdie island uh makes me think of jaws uh seagulls i'm out i'm like birds viking axe hey keep going depending on how heavy my load is i might read this every month for the show i mean i'll see i'll see like you know what the what the book schedule's like but i could be into this you know technically any axe you can pass through a man's neck in a single swipe if you swing it hard enough yeah i don't think many axes leave the heads alive though no um they uh they did find a viking axe uh that got stuck in a head in a in an archaeological dig so that's, that's how sick. hard it was swung that he could not pull it out from the head, so he just left it there. Yeah, get another one. Yeah. Axes are pretty cheap weapons by design. No, they were. That's that's why the Vikings used them. That's, yeah. Swords were expensive. Axes were a multi-tool. Use them yeah. for everything. So uh, much easier to make. So, you know, bite, yeah. but it's like, ah, just abandon it. It's fine. Yeah. So that's Basketful of Heads. Then the next book... Uh, these may not be the order they came out in admittedly, but this is just in the last year. Uh, it's, it's interesting, not the order they were uh, announced in the original article either. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so this is The Low Low Woods, uh, written by Carmen Maria Mikado with art by Danny. Uh, what's with all these one-named artists these days? I like it. <laughs> every, every one of them is trying to be the Madonna of, uh, of comic book art. I, I feel like it works better with art, though, just because you, you see it signed. Sure. It's just a name, that. you know? So, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, so this one, a mysterious plague is afflicting a small mining town of Shudder. <laughs> no, it's called Shudder to Think. Oh, Shudder to Think. Yeah, I got confused there. I was like... Slovenia. It's because it's the Shudder to Think is... Uh, it, it's capitalized. Two is not capitalized. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's not, it looks weird. Yeah, sure to think Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's, that's the one name in the town. That. That's, that's silly. Anyway, it strikes seemingly at random, eating away at the memories of those suffering from it. From tales of rabbits with human eyes to dear women who came to the windows of hungry girls at night, the town is one of those places where strange things are always happening, but no one ever seems to question why. The Lolo Woods is a gruesome coming-of-age blood... Sorry, buddy... Boss. Body, body horror body story. Horror. <laughs> I, I want a buddy horror story now. It's a buddy cop thing, but with horror. Uh, anyway, a coming of age body horror mystery series about two teenage women trying to uncover the truth about their mysterious memory devouring illness affecting them and the people of the small mining town they call home. And the more they discover, the more disturbing the truth becomes. That sounds like Simon Hill. A lot of that one's going to come down to the art, and I'm not familiar with the artist, so can't really have, I don't have much to judge on. Yeah, cover has a very different style to, but it's worth mentioning, all these are under the Black Label um, imprint, if you Which, will. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's a Black clear. Label imprint, but a sub-imprint within Black Label. Yeah, which is the Hill same House. way I think we're seeing the other things working now, yep. um, but it's it's very clear that, okay, Vertigo, maybe the name's gone, but these are all very much Vertigo books. Yeah. Uh, Lock and Key was Vertigo, right? No, that was IDW. That was IDW? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Shows you how much I know. Uh, but the covers are very different still from the previous one. Um, and yeah, it's it's not the artist that did the cover, so... Interesting. Actually, I really I'm just... Up. For, for the reference, I really like the cover to Basketful of Heads. 
Yeah. Not also, not the, not the interior arts. Huh. Danny's art looks pretty good. Like I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Cool. So yeah, very, very, um, very horror focused. Yeah. Like real dark. I'm seeing a lot of DC stuff though, but um, yeah. Oh, oh that, that Ivy looks great. That's good. Um, no, I mean. I'm all for DC having more horror comics. Like, yeah, by all means, do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll try them. Uh, next up, we have the Dollhouse Family, which is written by Mike Carey with art by Peter Gross. I'm look at the cover for this one. Uh, Again, different artists to the interiors. Yeah, I'm just looking at the cover though. I see what sort of vibe it's they, giving me. They all have well, they're different styles of art. They all have the same kind of uh, structure so far. Yeah, keep fiddling with your mate, Connor, because you're sounding terrible. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Should have said more terrible than usual. Yeah. Uh, so, Dollhouse family, uh, on Alice's sixth birthday, her dying great aunt sends her a birthday gift she didn't know she always wanted. A big, beautiful 19th century dollhouse, complete I'm out. with a family of antique dolls. In hardly any time at all, the dollhouse isn't just Alice's favourite toy, it's her whole world. Soon young Alice learns that she can enter the house to visit a new group of friends straight out of a heartwarming children's novel, The Dollhouse Family. <laughs> this is creepy as shit. As the years pass, Alice finds herself visiting their world more frequently, slowly losing track of where reality ends and make-believe begins. What starts as a play concludes in an eruption of madness and violence. Oh yeah. Childhood ends. But that little house casts a long shadow over Alice's adult life. When the world becomes too much for her to bear, Alice finds herself returning to the dollhouse and little the little folk within. The house can offer the house can offer her shelter from her all her sorrows, but only if she gives it what what it wants. And God help her if she tries to walk away again. This sounds like like a I can already see this this playing on the idea that it's really about mental illness. Like I, I can already mm-hmm. kind of see that in the. The description yeah, this it sounds potentially creepy as shit and adding to the fact that you know this just feels like vertigo uh mike carey and peter gross for you know the the team behind lucifer yeah i mean i mean this oh, wow. the, this this pop-up just kind of tests to me yeah we're still doing vertigo books we're just doing them under dc yeah. black label now yeah and i think i think we talked about this last week long term i think this is a good idea for them to consolidate it under the dc brand it just it yeah. feels weird right now in this transition period yeah so I'm, um, I'm, I'm in, yeah, I'm, I'm down for trying all these so far. But let's, let's see the next one. Uh, Daphne Burton is the name of the book. Um, so again, I'm going to look at the cover, and yes, yeah, different artists from the, the interiors. Uh, this has got a very. I don't want to quite say American horror story, but it, uh, the American Gothic painting, right? I'm, I'm getting like a creepy kind of version yeah. of that vibe from it. No, that wasn't already uh, a little bit creepy. The, the <laughs> site I'm on doesn't have any of the pictures, so I'll take your word for it. It's, 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 there's a girl on the front, but you've got this creepy bald guy behind her with yellow eyes, yeah. kind of with his hand over her face. Um, <laughs> nope. Uh, <laughs> probably <laughs> creepy. Uh, so this is written by Laura Marks, art by Kelly Jones. In the gaslit splendor of the late 19th century New York, rage builds inside 14-year-old Daphne. The sudden death of her father has left her alone with her irresponsible, grief-stricken mother, who becomes easy prey for a group of occultists promising to contact her dead husband. While fighting to dis- disentangle her mother from these uh, charlatans, Daphne begins a sense of strange, insidious presence in her own body. 
and uh, to entertain with unspeakable appetites. And as she learns to weird to wield this brutal, terrifying power, she wages a revenge-fueled crusade against the secret underworld that destroyed her life. So this, this is your your supernatural one. Like I'm liking how some of these are. I mean, not that the, the, the talking heads aren't a little bit supernatural, but that, that that this feels more like a ghost story with like spirits and things as opposed to that, which feels yeah. a bit more revenge. Well, you know, with some uh, you know a, a cultist group and you know. Dead, yeah, that's you know, where I'm in. Dead husbands and like, okay, yeah. yeah, this is very different to, to the Viking heads. Yeah. Um, now, I'm liking how different most of these sound, uh, which is nice. Uh, the next one is called Plunge, and it is once again written by Joe Hill with a TBD and the artist uh, credit. Uh, there's a cover, though. Uh, and again, I actually like this cover again. Dope. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. nice. These last two covers are, feel very different from the first three, which I feel will have a, a kind of uniform style and, and layout to them, whereas these last right. two kind of throw out of the window. Yeah, I don't like how much I've gotten my comic list down, and now these are going to come out. <laughs> Just mess hey, that up. On the upside, Matt, all the double shippers are going single in January, so I mean... Yes, I know, but still, that's, you know... <laughs> that helps. That helps. Not a little. Um... Yeah, so always nice to hear from Connor reporting from uh, the the windy beach of. Uh, you don't need to keep saying it. Says we Wales. Wales. Is Wales the only place over there that has a nice beach? Is that why you, you say that? No, I imagine them having the worst beaches imaginable, which is why I'm saying Wales. <laughs> he says in Scotland. Uh oh come on Scotland's better than Wales no, no one's disputing that I mean as a general rule sure but when it comes to beaches I'm not convinced <laughs> yeah well do you know what everyone on the beach in Scotland are doing they're not speaking Welsh that's true <laughs> they win they're speaking Scottish which vaguely sounds like English but is definitely not <laughs> shut your face you idiot anyway yeah exactly um... <laughs> So, Plunge right Vigil Hill. Uh, in 1983, uh, the Derleth disappeared. This is a ship, by the way. Uh, which I, I mean, it would probably make that clear in the description as well, but going from the cover, it's the ship. Um, the Derleth disappeared, wiped out in a storm on the edge of the Arctic Circle, the world's most advanced research vessel in the hunt for oil, lost in the aftermath of a tsunami. Almost 40 years later, the derelict begins to transmit a distress signal once again. Oh, I, I love this. I, I love this. There's a lot of this left to this read, is, but this already sounds great. <laughs> this is very Carpenter yeah. in description. Uh, uh, Hill already said this was his take on the thing. Oh, yes, baby. Ah, please. There you go. Uh, call it into Alaska, Alaska's remote uh, Atu station from the most uh, forlorn place on Earth, a desolate ring island in the icy faraway. A U.S. salvage team made up of experts, scientists, and mercenaries helicopter uh, in just ahead of the storm. And the Russian competition to find the abandoned wreck hung up on the island shores of the atoll. Uh, as a wintry blizzard clamps down, anomalies begin to surface. First the samples of an oil with unlikely properties, and then the sonar readings of a sunken prehistoric civilization just offshore. Still... Nothing could prepare the salvage team for the reappearance of the derelict crew from the island cave, no older than they were four decades ago. Every one of them stuck, struck blind by an inexplicable infection, and yet capable of seeing in new ways, possessed of extraordinary powers, and stripped of all but their last vestiges of humanity. Uh, and then it says Sea Dogs as well, which it says is a backup story. Presumably it's a backup to Plunge, because it comes right after that. 
Okay, so so the rest of them are good, right? <laughs> I want to read them all. No, we can no, do this one. Now Connor's in space because there's no sound at all. He's just in a vacuum. Am <laughs> I back? And, He's back now. Yes. Yeah. No, it's a backup to all of them, which is frankly a bit shitty. It's two pages in the back of every one of these. Oh, comics. interesting. I, well, no, I think that's bullshit. They'll release it. Well, they'll release it collected. Yeah, no, they, they will eventually. But it's shit if anyone wants to read it as it comes out. You know, maybe that's the one they're interested in more so than others. I mean, but then you, I, you have to buy all of them. That's me. But like, I'll wait. That's fine. Like, you will, but some people won't because some people have no well, self-restraint, then... and this feels this feels shitty and preying on those people to me. Joe, you know, it's nice to hear that the winds died down on the beach there. It's finally finally calmed down. <laughs> <laughs> So if what's so, Dogs? If someone no, wants I'm to draw, excited about it. If someone what, what wants to it? draw a new uh, t-shirt design of Connor standing on a beach with his hair all blown in the wind, I mean that would be that'd be ideal. Anyway, uh, Sea Dogs. Uh, but just just for the record though, Plunge sounds fantastic. I want more of Plunge. Yes, Plunge does. Uh, it makes sense that his that's his take on the thing. Yeah. Because it seems very much of that. <laughs> now Connor's in the dark. <laughs> No, the sun's went out. <laughs> the the sun is going away a little bit. Oh, this is great. Uh, so Sea Dogs, the backup story, which is written by Joe Hill, art, artist TBD again. Uh, the revolution is screwed. In 1779, the pathetic American Navy... <laughs> Oh, it got rough. It got rough. I was not expecting this description. Uh, in, 18, yeah. in 1779, the pathetic American Navy is a pile of smoldering wrecks choking the... Uh, Penobscot River? Oh, yeah. Yep. Not familiar with that river, but yeah. Uh, Imperial yep. Britain has amassed the mightiest fleet in the world has ever seen, led by the HMS Havoc, a 90-gun second-rate that has sunk a forest of French, Spanish, and American frigates, sketching the trail of devastation that stretches all the way from St. Kitts to Machias, Maine. Is it Machias? Machias. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Machias. It's probably Machias. Uh, because... so. Yeah. But, but, no, no, it's Maine. Maine, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're getting a king locale, yeah. <laughs> uh, the faltering uh, Continental Congress can't hope to match England's sea power, and they're just desperate enough to make a deal with the devil, or even three. Uh, Spymaster yeah. spy Benjamin Talmadge, or Talmadge. Talmadge. <laughs> Talmadge, okay. I'll, I'll go Talmadge. <laughs> Benjamin Talmadge, what a name, proposes allowing three lycanthropes to be pressed into British service aboard the Havoc. Three patriotic werewolves might be all it takes to butcher the ship from inside out and paint the decks red. It's true, their powers are infernal, their minds are mad, and their loyalty can in no way be trusted. And yet, what else can desperate nations do but let slip the dogs of war? Yo, this sounds fantastic. Can I, can Give I it just... to me right <laughs> into my veins right now. And, and this is why I'm annoyed that this one sounds the best, yet it's yeah. split up in two pages. I don't know if I agree with that. It's not, I don't think it sounds the best to me. It sounds like maybe third oh, it does for me. Well, that's fine. But to me and Connor, um, you got flipping sleeper cell werewolves in the American Revolution. What's not to love about that? Yeah. Oh, man. Like... And, and the phrase, three patriotic werewolves? <laughs> Come on. I've got a funny feeling there's going to just be like, this will become like a segment on the show now when these books come out. We'll just have a section at the end called the the, the, the Hell House block. Because, well, I mean, presumably it'll just be one book a week because it's not like there's enough books to have like five a week. But oh, man. there's going to be a segment on the show now because I'm reading most of these, if not all of them. 
Yeah, out of out of them, the dollhouse one, I'm kind of that one, and the that's fair. The, the, that's probably the, the one. Town. Uh, the dollhouse one sounds least intriguing to me on premise. I agree, but I like the team a lot. Yeah. So, but also, who, who knows? Like, we could have our list of expectations here. They could all be flipped around yeah. once we actually read the show ones. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But basketball heads is a definite. Um, I think all the Joe Hill ones are. I think all the Joe Hill ones sound great. And yeah, and the Daphne Burn, that that well, you had me on occultists. I love that whole concept. Well, of course. Okay, so know. I gotta just say my my one wish for Sea Dogs is that at some point on this British ship that they've got the, the, the three werewolves mm-hmm. um, infiltrating. I hope at one point someone turns to the captain and says, who let the dogs out? It was it was the gym face from the office that just made that. <laughs> the joke was terrible. It was terrible. Like, oh, I knew like, it was terrible, but that wasn't going to stop me. That was not going to stop me. No, no, sorry. Uh, you're a regular Michael Scott. <laughs> I feel like for anyone listening to the audio version, I would recommend going and watching the video clip of that because I feel like my face after it was what really made it work. So, uh, <laughs> Nothing made it work. It was terrible. It worked. You just don't have no taste. All right, so there was another book announced this week, though, uh, from uh, The, the from best DC. book of the week. Nah, the Horus batch was better. Uh, so this is a, a fantasy book. It's a twelve issue series starting in October. It's called October The Last 30th. God. So the same day as the first uh, Hill House one. Is it? Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's at the bottom of the article. I think I got in there. I think I got in there. Um, so yeah, twelve issues, uh, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, art by Ricardo Federici. Uh, who we do know, he did a lot of Aquaman stuff. Uh, yeah. Of course, a rebirth. Um, it's it's I don't want to call him uh Sejic light, but it's very reminiscent of Sejic. I, I mm. can see a lot more pencil work in his work. Yeah. It, you know, whereas uh with Sejic it's it's all you know, it's painted over. Yeah. Right. Uh, I can still see the pencils in this. Well again, that's why I don't want to call it light, but it's very yeah. reminiscent. It is. It's why the... they were a very good match on Apple. Yes. Yeah, I'll I'll read both these paragraphs here. So there's one that's basically just the uh the creator speaking, I think, and then the actual description from DC. So, uh, this is a terrifying horror story. I mean, it's horror at least. I mean, horror fantasy, I'm a little bit, a little bit more on board with. Uh, terrifying horror story uh, told in a stunning epic fantasy world set in two different generations. It follows the mighty fellowship of heroes that travels beyond the borders of creation to kill a god and the next generation who learn their predecessors aren't the heroes the world believes them to be. Uh, that came from Johnson. Uh, for fans of D&D, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, and Magic the Gathering, <laughs> Not me then. He's like, I am out. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm okay with D and D. I like the idea of D and D, but Game of Thrones. The rest of them. Yeah, yeah but Pete, there's four things. You're like, I like one of them. Well, <laughs> like, like... Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones, man. I, I, those, those, I mean, that said, I I got to the Tolkien episode this week of Legends. Oh. And yeah. yeah. I don't remember the Tolkien yeah. episode. Well, I'm doing the Tolkien one. Day, World War One. Oh, you know, the fellowship was in the, you know, yeah. the church, and it was the all the sphere. Yeah, it was a it was, episode. Yeah, it was the penultimate episode, I think. Oh, okay, so. I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah. But yeah, it, was, it made me like Tolkien. I'm not gonna read those books or watch those movies again, but you know. Yeah, that finale that comes after that one's really good, Matt. I'm... Yes, it was. Well, I already watched it. Yeah, I already I'm, watched I, it. Okay. I finished. I finished season two. I'm on to Barry, and then. 
probably something else and then back to legends mm. i'm working a weave in season three is the Beeble season yes i know i'll get so, there it's also the season where you get gary <laughs> yeah oh, ash God. goes i feel like you've been watching this for a while and i'm like yeah because i'm doing like two a night for like a couple you know mm. so so yeah anyways uh so yeah, here's, here's the, the actual God. description here uh 30 years ago a fellowship of legendary adventures saved their world by slaying a demonic tyrant mall ill tip the last god following his downfall the realm entered a new age of peace and prosperity uh, but a generation later, when the leader of the original Fellowship dies, their children and successors learn their terrible lie. The last god still lives. Uh, so yeah. So they must finish what they started, basically. That's the gist of it. Yeah. Uh, so um, I assume this is also Black Label. Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. Uh, no, I think this this sounds fantastic. It looks gorgeous from the from the preview pages. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm a bigger fantasy fan than i'm a horror fan anyway um so this this is easily my favorite of the books this week i like that the cover looks like it has thor on it yeah yeah i can see uh, that sure, sure fighting some some lovecraftian-esque beast you know yeah no the monsters are what excite me that's the only thing that really excites me about this is the the horror monster elements of it um but this can go in the horror block at the end of the show with the other books <laughs> i'm just noticing um under the title uh, on the cover the last god it, says, it actually says book one of the the Felspire chronicles which yeah. implies to me they they have plans for a sequel because uh, this is just a 12 issue series yeah uh, but it also it also makes it seem like it's based off of another ip which if you're going in you know you like that kind of stuff you know what i mean i mean it's a nice little marketing ploy i mean unless it turns out that issues one through four are like book one and issues, it could be but know. this is a very fantasy thing to do to have you know, the the yeah. name of your you know your series yeah, saga, I mean. chronicles cycle is a one you get yeah. a lot uh, you know with you know with the the catchy name so uh, yeah. that works well yeah basically if i see a book and i see the word chronicles on it or saga on it i'm usually good to just drop it and ignore it and walk in the other so, direction so you don't like brian k von saga that's a comic book not a you mean, novel you mean like the dune saga yeah. didn't start off being called the dune saga it? <laughs> i don't think it, it started did. off called, maybe it did i don't know but it definitely is called that now that's just just stupid nerds naming things with really generic ways <laughs> yeah, stupid nerds <laughs> It's like making a sequel uh, to a movie and calling uh, it Resurrection. It's like, oh, come on. Think of something that's not been used in the last 50 years, you bastards. So you don't like the Chronicles of Narnia? No, I don't really appeal to me now. <laughs> yeah, I know me neither. <laughs> I like the books. Uh, what's, what's the one with the the, uh, the Golden Compass? But that's not a Chronicles or a Saga. No, that's... Um... That's his Mortal Instruments. Yeah. His Dark Materials? Like is that all? His Dark Materials, there it is. Yeah. Mortal Instruments is different. Alan, 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 yeah. yeah, I only know that because the TV show is coming soon. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm excited for because apparently the movie was really bad. So the show should be more in line with what... Yeah, I didn't like what the, about books, the books. So I'm, I'm not needed. optimistic about that. Connor, they have polar bears that fight. Is this the I, right I thing, know. Right? I know. Okay. That's, yeah. I'm in. I'm simple. <laughs> I like Vikings. I like bears. You give me those and werewolves. And well, of course. Uh, Matt, does it hurt? Does it upset you that there's only like two or three good werewolf movies in the entirety of yes. cinema? 
That said, I like a lot of the bad ones because they're so bad. Like Cursed, not a good movie. Oh, God, not a terrible. good werewolf movie. But it's it's I enjoy it. Um, Wolf with Jack Nicholson, really bad. Is it entertaining? Yes. Uh, I haven't watched Silver Bullet since I was a teenager. You and Tim talked me off of that one. It's <laughs> not even Tim. And Tim likes a lot of things. I I I would recommend it if you like Gary Busey. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, Gary especially Busey? American, especially American Werewolf. I do love American Werewolf in Paris. Um, what? Yes. <laughs> It's American Wolf in London, it's Ginger Snaps, and for me, that's basically where it ends. Um, yeah. That's it. I mean, people do like The Howling. I don't think it's really that great. Yeah. Oh. Oh, you're telling me, P, is we need to work on a, on a, on a werewolf thing. Yeah. I'll be your yeah, cat. Do you want to be a, a were cat? Mm. Or a were human, I guess, would be the term? Yeah. No? I don't know. Werewolves are, I like werewolves. Mm. All right, cat's gone. All right, uh, that is, is that the news? Well, we can move on then. Um, well, before we get to the books, I mean, we, we, we can talk about something else for a little bit. You talk about football? Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. There's, there's some wrestling on tonight. Matt, maybe what to talk about? Oh, yeah, Fighter Fest. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So I can go grab some food if you want to, if you want to do this for 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, no, it's just, you know, I mean, it's uh, for a free event, there's a lot going on. Yeah. No. Yeah. Who is it? Is it uh, is it the the brothers against brothers the Bucks? No, 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 the no, no, no. Boys? no, no. That's no? that's a fight for the fallen. Uh, tonight is uh, t- tonight. It's um the Bucks and Kenny Omega versus the Lucha Brothers uh-huh. and some other someone else from oh shoot Triple E. What is that? Yeah, Triple A is 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 the pronounce it. <laughs> That was probably horrible. I'm sorry. To anyone who actually speaks Spanish, I apologize for how I just pronounced that wrestling yeah, as, as well you should. Yeah, I, I, I humbly apologize to that. Um, yeah. But they, they just revealed the other day that uh, Moxley and uh, Janela is now no it's sign. It's an unsanctioned. Yeah, so it's going to which, be violent as shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I, we went to our local Fed. They had their 10th anniversary show, and they had it. It was called a Heaven and Hell match. And I and I learned I don't like death or hardcore matches any more in person than I would at home, because they did this thumbtack spot, which was a superplex onto thumbtacks, and I was just like, I. Uh. And then they did a Lego spot, which you know I've stepped on one or two thumbtacks, but in my life I've definitely stepped or fallen on more Legos, and know how bad that hurts. So for someone to take a, a slam into Legos strewn about the ring. So yeah. I'm not that excited for this Moxley match. Yeah, so that's enough to say. There's no faking the pain for that. Um, no. Uh, I don't know if we'll see Legos tonight, though. I- I'm expecting late tubes, though. I feel like I'm getting late tubes Probably. out of these two. Yeah, so we-, we got Omega and the Bucks versus Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid, Moxley and Janela, Cody versus Darby Allen, uh, and then the one I'm really looking forward to, you got Hangman versus uh, MJF versus Jimmy Havoc versus Jungle Boy in a fatal four-way. That yeah, should be good. And Connor, fatal four way is four guys wrestle. First person to get a pin wins. Do you so know, that's called fatal. Do you know, on, on television from the Multiverse this week, which you can all go check out yeah. to hear me Car talking about Swamp Thing and Krypton, um, I had to explain to Car all the different ways to win a match because I was using it as, a, yeah. as an analogy for something yeah. I was <laughs> talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot the Multiverse. You got, uh, you know, count out, you got pin, you got submission. 
All right, all right. We'll talk about books. We'll put Carvey's misery, and we'll talk about That's a fine. Bendis I'm, book. I'm just watching post analysis. We will talk about a Bendis <laughs> book because I know that's what Connor loves to hear about. Uh, Action Comics 1012, Brian Michael Bendis rating with Simon Kudransky on the art. What a name. What a name. Um, So, I was curious about what this would be with Leviathan going on right now. I was curious what Action would be doing on its own. Uh, And interestingly, it does, it meant, obviously Leviathan's a big part of this book, but it actually writes off Superman by saying that he's going to do the the, the main Superman book. It says, no, he's going off to with John for space adventures. So, so so yeah, so this is basically the Metropolis book. What's happening in Metropolis? Yeah. Uh, We get the the criminals in the tank again, you know, talking about Mm -hmm. uh, Red Cloud, like, you know, fighting Superman and not losing. And it, and it seems like he's going to make a move Mm. on on uh i forget her name but the main chick uh leon i think yeah leon so that's pretty interesting because you wouldn't think you have gang warfare in metropolis and now i'm wondering if inner gang is going to get involved you know yeah uh, and they know superman's off planet because they they, they they see him leaving uh from the surveillance and whatnot um, but there's a reference that something's going on with Leviathan. That some something weird is happening, and everyone's been taken out. Um, uh, we get a scene with Clark and Lois uh, in the fortress before he leaves. Um, and there's basically just some delightful banner here about the first time they met and how she's she, she's sort of joking that she's been working a story all these years. <laughs> she's just getting yep. a story about Superman. That's all it is. Is it just me or has Bendis written them in bed a lot? Like. <laughs> Definitely busy. They're, they're, they're active. What, what, what could be said? They're both very, very, very active. Fine looking like, this people. Is the most active. In my years of reading Superman, this is the most times I've seen this. You know, it just, when you get that, that kryptonite boner, you get that kryptonite boner. I, I guess. But see, to me, I feel like it's more Lois than Superman. Oh, right? sure. Like, so. Oh, sure. Also, Superman cracks a joke here where he pretends that he's he's went away and done everything in super speed and came back. He's like, yep. okay, back now. And she's like, oh, it's cute that you still think that joke's funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it is. Like, I'm not... It's pretty funny. Uh, I, was on, I was on Clark's side there. Yeah. Do you know, I have to say, like, I actually... I never heard of this artist before. I actually mostly quite like the art. I do think there's one or two odd faces, but for the most part, I yeah. think it has a... When it's not a close-up, it looks great. But, like, those pages that are close-up with Lois and Clark... Mm. Lois is not looking like Lois. Nah, she looks like a bit more... Oh, she just looks like a different person. It's not, it's not, it looks human. Yeah. It's, not, it's not like she doesn't look like a person, but she no, looks like a different person. but it doesn't look like Lois Lane. Yeah. You know, like, we, we've had in this book different artists and their takes on Lois, and it all you're like, oh, okay. But here, not so much. But I actually, I really like the colouring. I really like all the... Like, all, all the pages the guys in the tank, all the dark panels of them... And all, all the shadows, I think all that stuff looks great. I like how the mm-hmm. fortress looks. So, I mean, for the most part, I like how the style of the art overall uh, feels quite good. It's, it's just some of the faces when they're kind of centered, uh, they kind of don't work as well. Um, so, yeah, Superman flies off. We go to the Daily Planet and we have um, Good um, bantering with Trish and Perry. She's yeah. looking for a story. Uh, they're also gossiping about uh, Lois kissing Superman, so that's still kind of rumbling away in the background. Yeah, that's and I love how they're like, "Oh, poor Clark." Yeah. Like, 
he never stands a chance. So I like that they're playing with the, you know, the the love triangle. That's not really. So, um, but even even goods like yeah, poor Clark. Like, it's almost as if she suspects something. Yeah, I like. I'm wondering how they resolve this in some way. Does Trish just always think Lois is a is a cheating wife? <laughs> is is yeah. that like where we go with this? Uh, well, trust do you publish that in the gossip column? You know, like it's one of your own people. Yeah. Well, she did know? already. Did she not? I feel like she did. Did she? I think she did. Hmm. After. To... I don't know. Um. I was in a, obviously in a, in a past issue. Um, she mentioned that Good actually has like a, a freak out moment where her hand uh, turns into the red cloud. Yeah. Uh, where she's like, "Oh shit, I need to hide this," and she's like, "You know, she drops the phone." Uh, actually, yeah. I, I like the sequence of how it showed this. Actually, it showed the phone fall, and yeah. it's like, "Wait, why did the phone fall?" <laughs> and you just see her hands like yeah. red mist. Well, well, I like too that it's almost that she's she's not thinking, so it almost tells me like she has to think and concentrate to stay in the form mm. and. and her human form, and that her natural form is the mist, or is the cloud. You know? Uh, yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, so she goes to see this, this uh, Rose, who has a bit Rose. of a Je- Jekyll and Hyde thing, where she turns into Thorn. So, so are you familiar with this at all? Not really, I have from, to say. From JSA? So, back in the Golden Age, uh, Alan Scott's wife, who ended up, you know, being the mother of uh, Jade and Obsidian, was this woman that had the same kind of deal where she was Rose and then she had an alternate personality of Thorn. And then uh, after Crisis, or not even after Crisis, they they took that idea and made it a Superman character, which is this, to where is, as Rose, she's this nice, demure girl that lives in Metropolis, but as Thorn, she's this badass that goes out at night and fights crime or does crime, whatever she feels like to in the city so i like that that they brought this character in in the way that they did it here yeah and i think the art did a good job of like having her face change um mm-hmm. she immediately it, it's a different character yeah. but it's the same character and that's that's where kudransky does a really good job i can forgive the lowest stuff here because when you get over to the rose and thorn stuff it's a completely different character and there's only subtle shifts it's like the hair, you know, on the eye a little bit, but mm-hmm. just the, it's a different posture. Yeah, yeah different posture, diff- different uh, expression on her face. The hair just feels a bit messier, mm-hmm. you know, just just all those little things add up to making her feel genuinely yeah. different. Um, <clears throat> so, <laughs> yeah, so, so what does what she tell good again? Um, but she's been fighting this. It's, it's almost as if there's an invisible mafia yeah metropolis because she keeps fighting these these drug dealers and thugs but it almost seems like whatever she does doesn't make a dent but she feels like they're not the ones in control like there's someone in control but nobody talks about it um which with good who's involved in this you know now you know it feels like someone's starting to get on so who got sloppy now and i feel that that's where the tension's gonna come for him yeah, because she goes yes. back to Leon, of course, and says all this, and it's yep. like, well, you were never mentioned by name, she doesn't know who you are. Right. Um, I do want to say, though, I really like the double page spread where she's explaining all this, and it's this red, yes. you know, bathed in red, and it's just her, like, killing Knocking people. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I also like the in between the panels. There's rows and thorns, you know. So like when it when she's thorn, the the borders are all like rose thorns, like the stem. But then when she's talking as Rose, she is surrounded by flowers. Yeah, you know, and, and 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 pieces that aren't thorns. So and the, it, it's a really cool thing. And the final couple of pages is, is uh, thorns. Just you know, it's, we get to the end of the scene again. It's all bathed in red. Looks really good. Yep. And she's finished like killing all these bad guys, and she's like, oh, "Sorry, Rose, you're waking up with blood in your fingernails again." Um, and that's when the mysterious figure starts coming in, and yep. the big reveal in the last page is that this is this is you know Leviathan. Leviathan. Yeah, that's whoever this is. We obviously we don't know who Leviathan is yet, but you know, in put the mask. Me, yeah, put me firmly in the in the camp that Leviathan's not the bad guy. Okay. Like I feel like like their Leviathan's methods seem like they're the bad guy, but. Uh, when it's all said and done, they're actually going to restructure like all the different intel agencies throughout the DCU, and they'll actually be the quote good guys. And we'll find out that you know Sam Lane is is bad, and and the Wall, you know, that's their actions have put them on the target. You know, because look, they're not actively going after Superman, right? Yeah, they just want to keep him busy. So I feel like if they were an actual bad organization, they would be actively targeting the heroes, and they're just not. So, and then especially after this, because we know Thorn's not like committing crimes; she's fighting crime. So why would Leviathan come to her? And she's yeah, she's willing to uh, go you know above and beyond what she's supposed to do. I, 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 yeah, she because basically with this this final moment is it's a job offer. It's like how would you like to make a real difference yep. in Metropolis? So Leviathan's recruiting. Um, so, and this is a fairly one and done issue. It seems to be setting up just that. Uh, so next issue may jump ahead a little bit, and Superman may be back. It, we maybe we'll have yeah. no Superman for a few issues. I don't know, but yeah. it is tying into what's going on in Leviathan, though. So, yeah, uh, exciting to see. Yeah, but no, I love seeing the Rose and Thorn, and and seeing how that plays in, and I love that Bendis is weaving Metropolis much in the way that he did Hell's Kitchen. When you go back and look at his Daredevil run. We got mm. to know all the little characters within, you know, I forget his name, but he was Gladiator. He would make the suits. You know, we got to see him and his relationship with Matt and Alias Investigations and how she would interact and Luke Cage and all this other stuff. And now I feel that's what's going on here. Uh, it's very exciting. Yeah, and we're a year into this run. I mean, this is issue 12 mm-hmm. of the, you know, yeah. of the since they took over properly. So we've yeah. had a full year of Ben the Superman now. Um, mm-hmm. which obviously is upsetting for some people, but um, it's it's been a pretty solid year of Superman stories for me, so I'm I'm pretty yep. happy. Um, and and I like too that it's not just like if this is if he's off planet, so this is the continuity guy in me. If he's off planet dealing with all of that stuff with Zod and and Zar and and his dad. Then I like that he's filling in the gaps. This is what's going on in Metropolis when he's gone. Yeah, this is, this was definitely set before Leviathan, because you know, because Superman's back on Earth for the actual Leviathan mm-hmm. book, right? Um, um, or is he actually? Because he wasn't actually there, was he? Because it no. was it was Batman, no. Moss, and Greenado. Yep. So he may because still he was be he was well he was he was taken captive. Remember as Clark. That's true. That's yeah. True. Well, that was in the special. I'm thinking more issue one. Oh, that's right. They're they're melding together in my head. Yeah. So because they came out so close together. But but yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, he's probably off planet during all that. Which is interesting. And then we get Lois next week, so 
um, see how that plays in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think more than anything, what you were saying there is that this this, this issue, and the book's been doing this in, in bits and pieces mm-hmm. as well as it's been going, but this issue, more than anything, uh, again, expands upon the mythology of who we know in Metropolis and sort of building around the criminal underworld, the other characters are going to get involved in that. Um, you know, it gives a lot of time to Trish, Perry's there. We get we get a nice slate of the characters. Do you know what we've not seen for a while? We've not seen uh, the firefighter. No. Uh, I'm Melody. sure she'll come back into play. Yeah, I'm sure she will. But I was I was um, thinking that as I was re- I was I was reading this because yeah. uh, I I almost thought that when 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 Good went to see Rose I thought yeah. oh is that Melody until she called her by no. name I was like oh okay then. But... yeah um but no definitely I like I can't wait to see what Bibbo's up to and all of this uh so yeah no it's sure good I'm enjoying it all right we giving it I'm gonna give it a solid eight. Yeah, I'll agree with that score. 8 out of 10. Which will take us on to Wonder Woman issue 73. Steve Orlando writing, he's a guest writer for one issue, uh, with Aaron Lopresti on the art again for one issue. So uh, this is just... uh, And it is set within the story uh, that we are at in the main book. Uh, It's a flashback issue mainly. It's Wonder Woman telling a story uh, and explaining the the chi dimension that they're they're in. and Matt's subtly shaking his head, so I'm going to assume that Matt did not enjoy this issue that much. I, I didn't finish it. I fell asleep, and then... I, I don't didn't... blame you. It, it was... <laughs> There's worse things than bad. I'd rather have something be bad than boring, and this, this was just this boring. This is the most fill-in of fill-in issues. Like, it's... A, a, any... It's if, so if... by the numbers... Here's the thing: if DC weren't committed to having you know two issues a month yeah. or whatever, you know, you know, the, you know, to being on schedule as much as they possibly mm-hmm. can, this would have just been delayed, and we would never have got this issue. You know, the, the next issue, or, seventy-four, would have just been seventy-three. Yeah, or or this shows up in the backup of seventy-five, of the history of Dimension sure. Kai. Sure. Right, like, but here, it's just like it's not badly written or poorly written. It's not the art's fine. You just the feel like you wasted your time. Yeah, it's there was nothing there. It was all filler. Yeah, it's what I would assume to be like eating whipped cream for dinner. It's like, yeah, like it's there, but are you getting any sustenance? You're not gonna feel full, you know. Like, well, I don't like this comparison because whipped cream is fantastic, right. and I will not, I will not have. <laughs> That's fine. Whipped cream is fantastic, but you want to eat a whole tub of Cool Whip for dinner. Well, no, but and that's your dinner. Yeah, like that's it. That's like... his point. He's like, yeah, no, you know, it can be great on the side of something, mm-hmm. you know, with with yeah. you know uh, there. But and I think that was where is is likening yeah. it to hey, if this was just in the back, uh, you know, a shortened version yeah. in the back of issue seventy five, this would be fine. Okay, but yes. when this is your whole issue and all you're getting, and right. it, it it's just reeks of just hey, like, yeah, you know, the, the regular writer had, didn't have time. Yet. Like when you. Yeah, when you get whipped cream, it's usually with something, right? It's not the main course. So you wouldn't order, like, an entire tub of whipped cream for dinner, is my point, you know? This is the weirdest, most convoluted analogy that I think Matt's ever tried to use. (laughs) It is, but I can kind of follow what he's saying. Yeah, thank you, Connor. I guess I just don't see the comparison because, like, I didn't really enjoy the issue either, but I don't necessarily think I'd like it more if it happened to be a backup. See, I think it would be, I feel like in a backup, it'd be less pages and it wouldn't fill, like, you'd accept it as filler, you know, like, just for what it is. But as a whole issue, 
No, I, I get it. It's 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 yeah. context of okay, this was four dollars for this mm. when it's clearly just because Wilson hasn't There's got the no... next issue ready. Maybe it's the artist, you know, who, whoever, you know, yeah. whatever it was is clearly the next issue wasn't ready. They knew they weren't going to be ready, so they went, well, we'll just throw in an extra issue somewhere. And that's all this is. And I just, the whole concept of Dimension, Dimension Kai, I can understand where it comes from, but it's it's a little bit too tangential to what we've been doing. Like It feels so different to the story that Wilson's been doing well, with the, the mythologies and the... Well, that's, the, that's a weird complaint, though, because we're still going to be in this dimension next issue. That's still Wilson's story than what it's going to be. <laughs> I know, and that's what has me worried. Well, I'm not worried about that. I, I have because no I don't, I, I I don't like the Empress whole thing. You know, like. Well, I don't like the story that story in this issue, but like, yeah. I I don't like have any. I have zero concerns about what the next issue is going to be because it's just back to Wilson. I think it's it's notable that this issue is easily the the, the weakest issue of Wonder Woman since I started reading that again. It's this issue is a wiki page. Yeah. Oh, well, Matt, Matt. Mike. That, that's what this this issue is. Hey, we're doing this story next, and we want people to know what what this place is. So instead of them going to read in a wiki page, they can have a whole issue telling you where realistically this could have been, you know, three panels of conversation of quick, brief exposition to get it over and done with. Yeah, it could have been. But what, but what I'm saying is that I'm not worried about the, the next Stark. I'm not worried about Wilson's next story based uh, on this. I'm not either, although I, I think that's it's less... That he was worried about, you know, the content of this more just the concept he wasn't feeling. Yeah, I'm not feeling the whole, the whole concept of Dimension Kai, where she created an alternate setting of what if, what if Diana wasn't brought into her life, what would she would have been like? And I'm like, that's such a weird. It's basically the mirror universe from Star Trek. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, that's that weird. Is... I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not disputing that it's yeah. weird. I, so. I'm just, I'm not concerned about what Wilson's going to do with it next because, well, I mean, I'm sure she's got a plan. I'm sure whatever she's doing, she's got a good story to tell. Um, you know, the, the idea that we're actually getting close to the Amazons, like, are they, are they all hiding in this dimension or something? You know, is this where they all went? Maybe. You know, we'll see, but... Um, yeah, so we have this story where the Empress Hippolyta, because there's two Hippolytas, there's the evil Hippolyta, essentially, who, yeah, the Empress versus the Queen. Yeah, and regular Hippolyta and Diana are here, but Diana's locked up in a cell, and she's like, you know, 14 or whatever, and Hippolyta has to do a game, uh, like a series of tests Yeah, against a challenge, Empress. a trial. Yeah. yeah, so I did laugh at the kangaroo uh, kart racing, though. I, I like that, though, because that, that plays into the whole Silver Age, Silly Wonder Woman stuff. I did laugh at yeah. that, so... Yeah. Points, points for points of due. Yeah, I did feel it, like the, the the contest went on a bit long though, because it was yes, like it was. four pages of content. Yeah, it was, and it's it's it was fine, but it was like okay, even in the filler issue, I've got filler pages. Yeah, filler filler issue is filler. I don't. Know. <laughs> no, but like even in even to this story, it felt like okay, we can't even make this last twenty pages. We're gonna have to pad this out with. With how many different trials can we? Yeah, but here's the, here's the weird thing, though. I probably enjoyed those pages more than the rest of the book. They're probably the most fun it got. <laughs> Seeing them play battleships was more entertaining than you know, like her arguing with herself. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I want to tell Petey he's wrong, but I can't because because I'm just right. The whole, <laughs> well, just the whole concept of what this was i'm just like it's i don't know 
I think, see, the, the trick with, with a book like this, like, I have no problem necessarily with the concept of taking an issue to, to do, like, a bit of backstory like this. I have no problem with that. I think what you have to do, though, is make it, make, like, go quirkier with it. Go, like, okay, if we're doing this issue where it's just them in this world and how they get out and we're doing this, like, Hippolyta versus yourself, then go go mad with it. When they're playing battleships, actually have one of them say you sunk my battleship. Like, make it funny. <laughs> like, do something entertaining with it. Because uh, as kind of Connor alluded to, uh, or Matt said earlier, I don't know how much money he said that actually, uh, but what he said, you'd rather have something bad than something that's just in the middle and that kind was, of land. That was me. Um, yeah. Like, I kind of agree, because this, this is not a terrible issue. It's, it's not like bad, it's, it's just kind of there. Yeah, it, it just, just kind of exists. exists. Yeah. yeah. I got excited when Adam World showed up, so I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe this will have some, you know, remember when Ray Palmer was missing, mm-hmm. and that's where they found him, you know, like, yeah, bring bring in that whole Adam verse into this. Um, so I, I did like that because this is such a weird place. Yeah, that, but like, why not have Adam World? Wasn't there that, are things I actively dislike though. Well, like, wasn't that the the part of that that Justice League of America story though, where, where I hard outed of Orlando's book was when they went to the Atomia or Ato- okay. Adam verse. Um, I'm talking the concept, Pete, not okay. the execution. I'm just saying, I'm just yeah. saying, we both hard dropped that book when he went there. Yeah, but again, it's not the con. I mean, the concept's fine. I like that there's this whole like place that Ray Palmer can go to that's like the Wildlands, and he can go there and you know be a chief for whatever reason. <laughs> and you know, I like that concept, and I like the idea that wherever this dimension Kai mm. is, it's adjacent to that. So sure. Uh, what did yeah. what does Cotter what he complain about? He was going to say something. Uh, what was it? Going to say? Oh yeah, things things that you know you were saying how it's not a bad issue. It's just there, and I agree to a point. But there are things I do actively dislike, like the way Diana actually saves the day. Kind of feels unnecessary, and just because well she's Wonder Woman, so she has to. It doesn't actually make any sense in the story. Um, um I think the point of it is to show the other Hippolyta. How, how Diana can be an asset yeah. to protecting Themyscira. No, I get yep. that, but I think there are better ways you can do that rather than just have her show up in the, you know, break out of a jail cell in the middle of a fight and come and just save the two capable Well, I'm right, not liking how they do it. It's one thing, but you just said that you yeah. don't understand the point of it. Uh, the point of doing it like this is what I, I, what I meant there. Uh, I, you know, I get that the purpose is, is to, you know, have, have her be the unifier. Um, but I don't understand the point of doing it in this way because it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't ring true at all. Um, it, feels, yeah. it feels particularly hollow. I mean, I'm not arguing with that. I, I, I just... It's the least of my problems with the issue, I guess is what I'm saying. I'm just finishing the last couple of pages I didn't read. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why you're bothering. Yeah. He has to know. He has to, he has to know how it ended. Because it does say at the end, Matt, you know, next uh, Amazon's yeah. return... So right, right, right. it's basically if this dimension exists because it's linked to Hippolyta's like imagination, Hippolyta herself must still be alive. Is kind yeah. of the logic, which is fine. Like that, I mean, sure. Yeah, it's just a bit. Yeah, that, that's but what Pete just summed up exactly what happens. Yep. No, nothing else to see. <laughs> oh. <laughs> nothing to see here. Keep moving. Yep, and art's okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Um, there's never anything wrong with it. Yeah. As long, 
As long as Jason doesn't show up in this dimension, I'll be okay. Don't uh, I feel bad because usually Wonder Woman is a really positive section of the show. Yeah. Um, and obviously we've been quite down on it just now, but it's just a fill-in issue. So we'll see. Obviously, Wilson's back next issue. I'm so excited for Orlando's uh, Justice League of Monsters or whatever it's called. Oh, sure, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but because we've been kind of down in Flash, which is coming up next, which is why I feel bad. That it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's extended it is, no, for, for like six months now, Wonder Woman has been, hey, this is great. Yeah. And then this one, we're like, eh, I suppose, it, <laughs> Again, I suppose but it's, it's readable. Yeah. Again, it's not bad, you know, like it's fine. I just. Like, like I think it was Connor that said, if this was a, you know, monthly shipping book, we just wouldn't have gotten this. You know, it would have been uh, three panels in the next book. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like a detour. It feels like a detour to the main story, and it probably could have just been like a couple of narration boxes to explain what this place is I, in the next. I issue. would have preferred just a delay. I just never had this issue. Just for whatever reason. We were delayed by you know a month instead of getting this here. It's worth mentioning this was not something that happened last month. This was always solicited to be a filling issue. It was. So. I think it was always a case of Wilson knew you know okay maybe she needed time off or something, and they were like, well, we need an issue that we need a second issue that month. I'm I'm just pointing out because everything you've said about you know they should have just delayed or whatever. It makes it sound like it was a more of a later decision, but it wasn't. No, it, no, it was I always mean, for always forethought that they were going to do this. It was, but I mean, even at that conceptual level, instead of going, well, we'll put in something else in its place. They should have just gone, no, we'll just delay and just have one issue that month instead of two. I mean, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing wrong with just having two one month and one the next month and then back to two again. Uh, but it won't be a concern for that much longer because we're going back to single shipping. Uh, admittedly, yeah. January is still like six months away, but still. <laughs> we're getting there, we're getting there. Uh, what are you giving the issue, Matt? I'm going to give it a 5.5. Connor? Uh, just a straight five. Yeah, I'll give it a straight five as well. So there you go. Five out of ten for Wonder Woman. I did like the art. I will say that much. I think Lopresti's art was was the highlight. Couldn't have mentioned this while we were talking about the art? Nah. He was too busy reading the last few pages. He wasn't paying attention. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> All right, then I'll take us on to The Flash, issue 73. Joshua Williamson writing with Howard Porter on the art. Actually, is it Howard Porter? I never actually checked. It is, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, I always copy and paste from the previous, like, you know, week four for week four again. And then sometimes I'll forget to change the artist or the number for the issue, um, as you do. Uh, so Flash year one, uh, this is the, the fourth part of it. And th- this longer was... than that. Sorry? Hmm? Feels feels longer than the fourth. It does. I got I got to that. I was like, this is only the fourth part. <laughs> oh man. Dude, I think part of that's because of how much like how he sped through a lot of the, the the stuff that felt like it should have taken more time. Well, there's that, and these these feel like they take longer to read too. Mm. Like, so that, that might be it well, too. Here's the weird thing. I, again, I'm in this weird place with this issue where I really like about half of it. And the half of it that I quite enjoy is the stuff with Barry and Iris and them. Like, you know, when she comes to see him after she's kind of freaked out about the, the, the yep. crime scene or the the, the, the event. And the shooting? Yeah, he and he's behind the door, you know, dealing with his bullet wound. But she she's like, no, I want to talk to you. And then she yeah. kind of gives a bit of a monologue. Like, I actually really liked that scene. I thought it was kind of sweet. I thought it felt like a nice Barry Iris scene. I felt like this is the sort of development I want early on from their relationship that kind of like gives me yeah. these dramatic beats. Uh, and and then at the end of the issue, oh no, future Flash and future Turtle come barreling into present day, uh, and it's just 
There's a yeah. big section in the middle that I despise. Which, yeah. which was that? The turtle stuff? The turtle oh. origin exposition. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I didn't mind that, but it did feel, again, like it went on too long. It was like, you know, a double page, uh, you know, like 16 panels, mm-hmm. uh, just pure exposition of here is the backstory. Yeah. There was nothing um, to it. There was no colorful way of showing it. It was just a straight telling of this backstory that went on forever, it felt like. Yeah, yeah. but I like that it shows the parallels between Barry and him and how different they are. Whereas family doesn't mean anything to Turtle, for <laughs> but for Barry... That's his driving principle. Yeah, until he murdered them all at the end. <laughs> well, that's what I said. That Turtle didn't doesn't didn't care mean anything to Turtle. Yeah, yeah, they didn't mean anything to him. So, but you, with Barry, that's what drives him. It's his dad. You know that he's going to exonerate actually, his dad. Actually, yeah. on that subject, I thought it was weird. See when he brought that up that he's you know his dad was in prison for his mom's murder. And we had this weird moment. I went, oh yeah, they've barely mentioned that in all of this year one story so far. That's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so there, I get the purpose of it, but like, kind of, it went on way too long, and I just he turtle becomes evil, just like oh, and then I realized I don't need them, and I was just like, oh man, like, where's his mustache to twirl? Um, and I just don't like the turtle. I don't like how much the turtle has, uh, you know, how much prominence he's given. Here and I feel like it's only because of a the things going on with Snyder and the different Doom forces. I, I don't even think it's necessarily that. I think it's I think that that maybe has an element with the the the, the still force. The still here, force. But, but it's, it's also just the idea that slow yeah. is the opposite of fast. So mm-hmm. therefore, he must be the most important. Yeah. So I mean, to be fair, I, I always thought the turtle should be a bigger Flash villain just because of what his power is. Because it just makes yeah, sense but... to battle speed with slow. <laughs> if that makes sense. <sighs> No, it does, and I like how he can't get to him because of the field that Turtle creates around he's, him. And... He's just not that interesting a character beyond the powers. But yeah, he, he, it's he, like Thawne. He's a do-over. Have... He's, he needs yeah. someone to come in and do like a new origin of the Turtle and make him yeah. interesting. Well, and, just, and that's why I... legacy it. Give us a new Turtle. Sure. We've True. got Baby Turtle. Well, just yeah. give us Baby Turtle. Baby turtle you know, grow him up and give us, give us a new Turtle. Um, but that that's like why I love Thawne so much as a villain because... Yeah, the you know he's not the opposite of fast, but he's the opposite of Barry. You know, he's someone that's using these powers. Mm. You know, not not for good. And it might just be me having a lot of thought from Legends of Tomorrow season two. Wait a minute. Uh, oh, have you got a candle behind you? Yeah. Oh, I've had it on. Yeah, you had it on. This is the second week, man. <laughs> okay, just check. Yeah. Isn't it hot? Why do you why do you want to get a candle on? Just adding heat to the room. Hey, you don't candle. light a candle for for. Uh, Heat they let off so little heat. I mean, yeah, don't have a candle for heat, but any little bit of heat when you're feeling miserable from the heat is too much more heat. No, my inside is very nice right now. I get 78. It's it's great, mm-hmm. but no, that this, this smells like plumeria, which is my favorite smell. And yeah, oh, very cool. I didn't even notice last week. I just I just noticed yeah. it flickering behind you. I went, wait a minute, is that a candle? Oh yeah, I don't know last week too. Yeah, um, I know. But anyways, um, yeah, the whole opposite thing. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I think the frustrations I have with this, I mean, because people can say like, well, you have these expectations because it's a year one, and I'm like, well, partly it is that, but I don't think it's just expectations because I feel like if you're going to call your book year one and you're going to sell it as a year one, and they're going to do that as a trade, it, right? It better be a damn year one. 
and, but it's, and it should be it's an origin. Even, it, it, yeah. But it's not. It's, it's this weird... That. It's this weird shoehorning in of this future storyline that yep. just... I don't know. It's this last year one. And it we're like, like, well, no. If it's going to be year one, cool. But remember, what got him into this is that, that Sage Force guy coming out or whatever the Force guy that came out yeah. and was like, oh, no, Barry, this is what... You know, remember you all that shit. Yeah, and I don't like the fact that this is all—he's all gonna by the end of it, something happens to make him forget it, and it just makes it feel like it doesn't matter. Yeah, and I also like feels like it's glossing over everything that actually should be in a, a year one. Like it feels I, like I it's... Think... Might actually hit on something there. Whereas yeah. you know, you know, it feels like it's glossed. Uh, uh, not you know, or it, it's, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. A year one should matter, should matter to the character yeah. for all of their years following wait right don't because i take that back because there's a superman year one right now that i don't oh, want to matter should that's out of continuity yeah should is okay. not the same as well <laughs> okay yeah a year one an incontinuity year one should mean that this is setting that character up for the rest of their career yes. okay yeah. i agree there i just didn't want that thrown back at me oh sure later you but know, here's the thing, if you think of Batman Year One, that is very much Batman's origin, even today. Yeah. It's still what you think of as Batman's origin being in the comics. Yeah. Um, Green Lantern Secret Origin. Uh, Green Arrow Year One. But yeah, I'm, just, I'm using Secret Origin as the same thing, because they're, they're not changing. Yeah, yeah. they are. Superman Secret Origin. That's the de facto right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, Superman's a weird one, because he's had like four great origin stories. He's, like, he's, he's, he's Too many origin yeah. stories. Yeah. But... You have all these year ones or secret origins, which all do a great job of being like, no, this is kind of the the core. Even as many times as we might reboot over the next like every five years or so, this core origin typically sticks for the most part, um, and that's what you think of as the the, the classic origin now of that character. This does not feel like it's reinventing the the origin of the Flash, and it's the one that I'll think of now going forward. It it feels more like Zero Year, and I'm sure I've said that before in my other issues, but it it feels more like that. Yeah, yeah. and then I think what annoys me though is is what Matt said is you know okay it doesn't matter until we get to this point in the story that we're actually at right. Uh, yeah. So all the stuff that that Barry went through before that this has no impact on any of that because he doesn't remember any of it. So it's right. it's not really a year one. Yeah. No. Hell, the first arc of Wade's Flash was uh, Wally's year one, essentially. Yeah. Um, and that was great, and it, it it felt like it was no. This is this is the retelling of his origins to sort of like set up him him up for his entire career as Flash. Um, yeah. and that was good. So I don't know. I, I'm having a hard time. Like again, it's not it's not like terrible. Like there's actually some good stuff in here that I quite like, and it's still Williamson writing Flash. I still his dialogue for the most part still feels like his Flash run. You know, I like, I like Porter on Flash art. It's just, mm-hmm. it, it's conceptually doing a lot of things and shoehorning in a lot of elements that I'm just not that into. Yeah. Yeah, I got excited last time when, when Snart showed up. And then it goes, he goes back to the back burner because of the turtle. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, all right, uh, Matt, what are you giving it? I'm going to give it a six, but mostly because of that Porter art. Connor? I'll give it a six as well. There's just enough Irish stuff that I like to edge it mm-hmm. into the, the above average territory. Uh, well, Number of the Beast, because I'll also give it a six. Uh, pretty much for the same reason. I, I like the Irish stuff. Uh, the relationship yep. stuff I thought worked quite well, and it felt like those two characters. And it's more of what I would want in a year one. 
uh, outside of him learning to use his powers mm-hmm. and whatnot. So uh, that is the Flash, which will take you two on to Justice League Dark issue twelve, James Tyne in the fourth, rating with Alvaro Martinez on the art. So take it away. Yeah, so this actually cuts between two different time periods. Mm-hmm. Um, we see uh, Wonder Woman wanting to start up this, uh, you know, this league. Justice League Dark, yeah. and we get justification of the name, which I like. Like, of course you do. Well, yeah, because it's like, well, why is it Justice League Dark? Like, yeah, we just call it that, but within the Justice League, uh, how Wonder Woman sets out the argument to Batman, yeah. I love that that you know she sticks the landing. Like, she had an idea, we'll call it Justice League Dark. Well, why? And then I feel like she worked backwards, but that reasoning is very sound. Um, it is, yeah. And then on the counter to that, we have, it, you know, in that Lost City, um, the final stand of the Magic users, and Satana and Diana show up. Um, and we get the Lords of Chaos, which A, yeah. is my favorite, like, hardcore band. You know, like... Oh, they're uh, so good, and they and they kind of bring the rest of the team into being Lords of Chaos. Um, yeah. We get a a freaking demented Bobo. Yep, with the uh, with the sword of the night. Yep, that thing's terrifying. Uh, Man Bat goes all cool as shit, and Swamp yeah. Thing just grows Multiple a bit. Multiple arms. Yeah. Well, Swamp Thing grows a bit and is darker. Like he looks yeah. like a tangle of of branches, and you know, there's no uniform because he's chaos. And I like the reasoning with with them. Here is Naboo's like, oh no, you don't know what you've done. And Zatanna, which that wording, there's that there's that meme that goes around every few years where it's like, if you can read this, you know, go back and look that they're not in order. Yeah. Right? Because I thought they were all backwards. Until I got to one of them, one of the pages like, oh no, wait, the words are just jumbled. Yeah, it got me on the first one. You know, she's saying yeah. break it all. But right. like all is L A L instead right. of L L A, obviously. Right. Um, and so, but the whole reasoning of it is magic is chaotic. The whole point of it is not to, like, yeah, you have these rules there, you know, but the whole point is it's a, it's this unknown quantity and you don't know how it's going to impact things. So you need to embrace the chaos with the order. Like, it's a very Taoist principle of... Yeah. Uh, you know, it's all, almost like of the force too. Yeah, right? it's all Where, about a, a, a balance that you know. Yeah, the, the, they're not inherently good or bad. Uh, right. Chaos or it's, order. Exactly. Um, and and that by embracing the chaos, this is how they're gonna beat the Lords of Order. And man, do we get a good fight from the Lords of Chaos versus the Lords of Order? And uh, old ass Jason Blood. Some reinforcements. Yeah. Yeah. So we get some reinforcements. And it seems like Khalid is is a new candidate for fate again, which is cool. Um, Potentially, yeah. Because he he manages to to trap Naboo in this, you know, because Naboo's not paying attention to him because he's just a lowly, you know, assistant, right? And he manages to trap him in in a like a like a symbol type thing. I forget what he says. Um, yeah. But uh, but we also get Jason Blood. In a new form, right? So he's the Demons 3 now, which is cool as shit. He has a new rhyme and everything. Yeah, yeah. This is great. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, So I wonder what's going on with Etch- Etrigan, right? Because Etrigan took off, right? He did. After, yeah, he went back to hell. After he unbound from him. Um, 
But I just feel like this is this is Titan resetting the table, which I feel like. Did you read Jason Aaron's Doctor Strange? No. Okay, so in Jason Aaron's Doctor Strange, they made this big deal about that all magic has a cost, and we just never see it with Doctor Strange because he's so good at it. But like he has to suffer and be miserable and do all of this stuff in order to keep in touch with his magic. And this group comes through and basically destroys all the magic. And right. Aaron basically rebuilds the new rules of magic. And here I feel that's what Tynan's doing. He's like, look, this is how magic works now going forward, is you have to embrace the darkness a little bit and know, like, whatever lurks in the dark, we're there to fight it. And, oh, yeah. man, it was real cool. It was, and and uh, obviously Zatanna's the one who kind of channels the the magic to trap fate right. in the helmet. Because there's a right. bit where um, they they kind of get the the helmet off the body, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, and and the the helmet and the cloak and the gloves just kind of float there. And he's like, yeah, you, you really? I need a host for this shit. Come on, right? I'm better than that. Right, um, but we counted on you doing that. So yeah, uh, so they trap him in the helmet, but Zatanna's uh, spell actually kind of fixes the helmet, so no 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 more of this half melted shit from yeah. Brimstone. Which which I liked. I liked that the whole reason that it was melted was so he could fix it now. Yeah. In, in this new age of magic. And that now Naboo will he can no longer take full control of yeah. of the Which uh, makes person. fate more interesting in the sense of mm-hmm. you know it's it's usually you know the other person's kind of locked in the mind and fate right. comes out and takes over. Right. Um it won't be that anymore. It'll be fate maybe in there maybe as a guiding hand. Um, right. but well, Naboo just... in there. Yes, Naboo. Sorry, yeah. Fate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, again, I feel like it's Doctor Strange now. Like, he is fully <laughs> just DC's Doctor Strange, or he'll have to know the magic and he can consult with Naboo, but Naboo's not, you know, it's less Shazam and more Doctor Strange. Yeah, it's not say. It's not the first time that's happened. I think the, no. the run in the, the 80s uh, yeah. kind of did a similar sort of thing um, where um, this was where. Naboo was not in the helmet at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naboo was inside Kent Nelson's dead body. It was the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, well, this was just the fate, right? Just F A T E. Yeah. Book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you had Kent Nelson who was dead, but what? But Naboo in his body, and then you had you know fate still there Hall. alongside him. Right. Yeah. 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 So. No, I loved it at a really good place. And we get the end conversation with Diana and Batman. And her basically, him being like, you can't do this. And she's like, well, Bruce, that's because you operate out of fear. And you can't fear the dark. You have to embrace the dark. And that's where the name comes from. And I like that. And I also love, we get these nice moments throughout that section. uh, Because it's, you know, it's intercut throughout. But them looking at this basement of the Hall of Justice, you know, the, the normal Justice League. In Flash, like... like we got a dragon skeleton? Nobody told yeah. me. What the hell's going yeah, on wait. here? This is cool as shit. You get to do a Justice League of Magic users? I want a Justice League of Speedsters. And I think it's John Stewart who's like, that's such a terrible idea. Yeah. You don't need to do that. Uh, so. and, he, and he's like, but but hear me out here. And they're just like, yeah. no, Barry. No. Yeah. So, and it's like, Titan's so good at writing the Justice League. Why does it... Oh, wait. Because he always writes the Justice League now. <laughs> Yeah. So it makes sense. He's got he's this so version at, down, hasn't he? He's he's so good at the team dynamic. Like whether it was on Detective or Justice League, now Justice League Dark. Like I feel there's definitely, you know, because what issue was this? Is this issue 12? 12. So, so it's a, a year, year. 
a year into this as well, and I feel like he's he's at where it needs to be now. Like we had to get through the witching hour and all of that to get to the story that he's telling of how they're going to use these new rules of magic to fight the other kind. Yeah, it's um, actually be- felt like this has been a year of mostly setup. Um, yeah. Weirdly. Uh, yeah, like I said, we're getting a new fate next issue. The assumption is that it'll be Khalid again. Um, my only thing yeah. is, it, it does say a new fate revealed. So I'm yeah. wondering, will it be someone else instead? Because obviously, but he had a, a brief run as fate. Yeah, but so who, who's also read that, though? Unless it's Man Bat, unless they just go side complete, you know. Um, and yeah. then it's, it's Man Bat as fate because he, he's adept at science because he's taking it from that. But he's been kind of teaching Scientific. himself magic, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, but yeah, we, and we get Zatanna and her her coming at, uh, coming to terms that this is what her father would have wanted for her, is, you know, destroy magic as we know it to rebuild it to something new. Yeah. Which I... With knowing who Zatanna is, and her basically, she is the, the crux of all magic in the DCU. Like, anytime you want to tell a story with magic, usually Zatanna is going to be involved, and now Constantine, because of he's no longer stuck just to Vertigo. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... But yeah, it's, ugh, I like where the, what this book's doing. Yeah, this is oh, great. And the Lord's Order make a make a run for it, so there's a couple of them still, still out there, there operating. Yeah. Um, but I feel like they're not going to have... They're not going to be too much trouble. No, I think that, they, they know that they can deal with them now, so they're not a huge threat so to speak, but there's something to be aware of in the background. Yeah. But I also like this flipping of the Lords of Order kind of the shit stirs versus the Lords of Chaos. Yeah. Um, versus just more Drew. So, yeah, no, it's really good. And the art, the art looks great. There's a lot of fun creatures at play here because, again, all the designs there's, of the Lords of Chaos, Justice League Dark, are, are really cool. There's some great layouts. Um, one of my favorite points issue we haven't even talked about is... Um, it's when Zatanna is, uh, you know, in, in chaos form. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, break it, break it all. And yeah. she's literally grabbing panels and, like, scrunching oh, yeah. them up and ripping the panels apart into just mm-hmm. the white space behind it. Yeah. It's cool as shit. And then you get fragmented panels all the way through until, until the end. Fixed. Yeah. Yep. Uh, which is a really fun, nice, um, a nice little touch Yeah. here. Because it all plays yeah, very straight up until that point. Mm-hmm. And then she literally just grabs a panel and just tears it apart. Yeah. And and then everything's in, you know, just fragments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of good stuff here. So yeah. I feel like Pete's missing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You're um, rating up. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give it a nine. I really enjoyed this issue. Maybe an eight point five, but okay. still really liked it. Okay. Okay. Uh, that will take us on to the Terrifics issue seventeen. Jean Lin Yang rating with Steven Zagovia on the art. This is um, still in the the digital like like dome that the building's in. It's Dag Industries. Yep. Um. But they think they're talking to like Stag, who's behind it all. But it's not really him. This is just a digital version of him, mm-hmm. which is being created by the the big sphere. No. Yeah, the no sphere. The n- new sphere. Yeah, no, no. I, I looked it up. It's n- no. 
No three, sphere. No sphere. Or the noe sphere because it's it's three syllables. I know that much because I looked it up. Okay. So I want to know if this is an actual thing. Um, and it is. It's it's a postulated sphere or stage of evolution and development dominated by consciousness, the mind, and interpersonal relationships. So and that's exactly what we get from the sphere here, except that it's essentially Skynet. And it's like, nope, I'm taking this over. And uh, the planet's going to be better because of it. Yeah, I was getting Skynet vibes. Uh, sends giant giant warrior skeletons yeah. <laughs> after them, um, which uh, Phantom Girl actually just like showers with her power. Mm-hmm. And they're all very impressed. Um, but it becomes this thing again uh, where they really want one of the Mr. Terrific's T-spheres so they can connect to the mm-hmm. internet and get out. And a lot of it's the struggle of not giving them in and not doing it. And we get a little bit of backstory as to how the, the, the sphere came into existence. Um, but ultimately, they, he ends up giving one over because they get his wife. They, they get, you know, his wife right. in the universe, Mrs. Terrific, and he gives one up. He's like, we'll just have to fight it afterwards. Um, but there's a lot of go Terrific's go, there's a lot of fun uh, constructs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, so they end up going through the rest of the plagues when they refuse to work with the sphere. And yeah. Plastic Man... Uh, gets boils and then his boils yep. become little mini plastic men that all scatter and run away. So, which are they seem to be all aspects of his personality mm-hmm. because they're trying to steal one. One of them's trying to steal from them. Another one's just cracking jokes, you know. Another one's just going to cause trouble. Um, but they need to get them all back so Plastic Man can be whole again. Um, yeah, because he's just an unconscious, unconscious husk with lots yeah. of holes in him uh, yep. at this point. And they. they they end up at the eighth plague, which is uh, locusts, and they have to fight gigantic grasshoppers. Yes, who are basically aliens. They've got like spacesuits on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, also, while all this is going down, um, <laughs> uh, Rex Metamorpho ends up with this talking mouth coming out of his chest. As does the dog. As is element elemental dog. Yeah. L- later, and we find out that this is the spirit of Earth, basically Gaia, because she comes from the elements. She's there to basically tell the Terrifics, like, you can't let the Nosphere win because, you know, it's going to throw off the balance of, of Mother Earth. It also wants to absorb every life form into yeah. itself, um, yeah. which is very, very uh, Tetsuo the Iron Man, for anyone who's familiar with that okay. uh, Japanese movie. <laughs> sure. It's not a map movie. You wouldn't like it. No. Um, no. But it was making me think of that, the idea of, of absorbing everyone. Iron Man, you say? <laughs> Tetsu the Iron Man. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Pixelix is back and helping the, the, the Noosphere. Um, but yeah, we get this thing where they end up having... He has to give in and give, give a little the Sphere. Uh, a lot of the issues action, but it's very enjoyable action. Uh, there's a lot of banter. There's a lot of Plastic Man doing, you know, weird shapes where he's, you know, he's like... Um, he's doing the... What do you call the guys who... Uh, you know, but he's dealing with the bull skeletons. He's doing the big... The red sheet. Uh, a matador. Matador, thank you. Yeah. Um, he's you know, he's doing that. He's doing various other things. He does ropes with his fingers at one point. Um, all very fun. Uh, so they basically split up at the end. Uh, those are who are left. Uh, Rex and and Linya are going to go look for the plastic men. Whilst both the Terrifics are going to go and deal with uh, the noise sphere, uh, and try and stop try and stop that. And that's kind of how we 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 end the end the issue. Uh, and he's still got the mouth in his chest for the record. Yeah, uh, does Rex. So. No, um, it's basically it's, it's on par with what you've been getting last couple of issues. Yeah, it's it's baseline 
Like, it's it's consistent, and that's what I like. Although that's what we always used to say about Justice League of China and Lisa yeah. Man as well. So yeah. once Yang gets on a story, it's it's very, you know. I feel like though, like I hope this has some time to get through an arc, a couple of arcs because I feel like just yeah. like a China did this thing where it was solid enough early on, but it got really good yeah. after about ten issues. Mm-hmm. Like that's when it yeah. really started to shine. So yeah. I I hope he gets some time to find his feet because I I feel like this this is comparable to early New Superman as opposed to yeah. the the great New Superman where, yeah. that it became. Well, and I was thinking too that in terms of you know the Terrifics being the Fantastic Four, right? This is definitely the Galactus story, right? Yeah, like it's this, this that. being that wants to consume the earth. It has a herald, but it's done in the, this entirely new way, and it still is Kirby esque because I could definitely see the Fantastic Four fighting the the, the plagues of Egypt in some form. Um, so I still feel like that's that's going forward. Like that concept wasn't lost with when Lemire left. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, let's still enjoying it. Um, what are you giving it, Matt? I'm gonna give it a seven point five. I'll give it a seven. Like I'm having fun with it, but it's definitely not like shaking my world or anything like that. Um, so that's Terrifics issue seventeen, uh, which will take us on to the Silencer issue eighteen, the final issue of this book. Um, so this this will be interesting to talk about. This this issue essentially is Honor, uh, who is now back with her family, who thinks she was in hiding because uh, of the government <laughs> after 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 mm-hmm. the, the hotel thing, and. This issue is kind of her trying to like find out what Leviathan and Talia are up to, um, because she's like, well, they're going to come for me. I, I need to know what their movements are so that I can I can prepare and defend myself. Uh, although she's met with just kind of this like, yeah, something weird's going on with Leviathan. It's basically tying into like Leviathan rising and that you know Leviathan's up to stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So it's basically like the future's uncertain, and that's kind of how it ends. It ends with this kind of ambiguous. She goes to answer the door. It could be the pizza guy. <laughs> or it could be, could yeah, be it might assassin. not be yeah 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 i i actually think the the kind of tanging does hurt it a little bit um in the sense that it, it doesn't feel like there's any closure to it because it, it kind of puts her at ease at least to a point she's like ah you know you know she's low, low, low on the list of priorities she's not a concern right now and kind of feels like it's it's not anything that she earned to be you know to that she got out of it because of that it was just oh yeah stuff just kind of happened and can, a good timing I guess yeah uh, nice that Connor's back in the beach again uh, yeah very delightful uh, <laughs> um I don't mind the tie in because because it's been because Leviathan's what's going on and because that she's always been associated with Leviathan and Talia it makes sense to have a, a bit of a mention of what's going on with them. Uh, at the end of this, just to make it feel like it's a part of the world. I think what I like about the ambiguity of the ending is that it it says to me that, yeah, we're open for a lot more of her in the future. Like, yeah, the book might be over, but Silencer might be a, a feature yeah. in other books down the line. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, when, when Slade comes to talk to her, too, and is like, look, he's the one that breaks it to her that Leviathan's in shambles right now. Well, her, the Leviathan she was a part of. Yeah. And that, you know, go live your life, kid, is what he basically tells her. You know, don't don't make the mistakes. That's the I was getting a mentor vibe from him, where he was like, "Don't make the same mistakes I did. Go live your life." And you know, if you got to kill some people on the side, kill people on the side. But you know, uh, and then that adds to the whole. She's always gonna have to be looking over her shoulder just because of, of all that. And you know, but I feel like she is kind of has gotten out because of her showing up with Nightwing. 
back during the Percy run. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if we see more of her like that, that'd be cool. Or if she shows up during Leviathan Rising as an ally to the detectives. It would surprise me cool too. if she shows up in some I, form. I think, weirdly, that would almost be too soon to have that happen. Like, right now, at the end of this, it feels like, no, she just needs to kind of spend some time with her family, not be rushing off well, to fight. She she can. Who knows how long this is starting? You know, we just know that Leviathan's in shambles. So if she shows up during Leviathan Rising, it's been a couple, then, you know. Sure. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked her husband, like, being kind of weird with her. Like, he's, he's having trouble trusting her, so he goes to his therapy again and kind of talks it out a little bit. Um, I like that it wasn't just, like, all is all is normal and forgiven, and I, I don't suspect anything weird. But ultimately, he's told, like, well, I mean, as as, as loving her and wanting to, to help what she's going through enough to, like, kind of, like, get you over the idea that, oh, you know, this, this was kind of weird, you know, and that maybe she is hiding something. But maybe whatever she's hiding something that she needs help with, even if she's not willing to admit it. Um, you know, it left them in a place where it's, okay, they're in a better place, they've got hope for the future, um, but the door's still, you know, no, no pun intended, literally open to, to use yeah. her in a plot line of some kind at some point. Um, you know, I, it's, it's a sort of character that you, you can see, you know, much like she showed up in Nightwing, although it hurts to think of Nightwing before before what we have now. Um, it, you know, like, I think it leaves her in a good place. Although this issue definitely feels like more of an epilogue issue as opposed to the conclusion issue. I, I feel like last issue was more the where the story really ended, this was more just getting her, her yeah. kind of like where she is now and how, how what the status yeah. quo is kind of set up. Yeah. Um, that's it. Because she goes to one of the, the gun places, you know, the, the weapons like places where the Leviathan like stores stuff uh, and sneaks in, has a bit of a fight with one of them and, you know, finds some stuff out. Um, yeah. that, was, that was pretty much it. Uh, and it was the same artist for the last little while. Um, not as good as when Bogdanovich was on it, but still fairly yeah. solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been pretty good. Uh, hard to complain too much about the art. I don't think there's been anything yeah. wrong with it. Yeah, it's been very consistent. It's been very consistent uh, since Marion took over. So there's, there's very little to kind of pick apart and go, ah, that doesn't work, or that doesn't work, or, or, or whatever. Yeah, but at the same time, there's very little to stick out and praise because it's it's the same as what I've had for the last six issues. Yeah, when Bogdanovich was on it, I feel like we were praising it more often than not. Um, but yeah, it was what it is. Um, you know, so I no, I mean, I'm 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 obviously not happy the book's ending because I like the book a lot, but it doesn't feel like it was it was cut so short that it feels like oh, it's all this unfulfilled potential where it never got to actually play out its story, kind of thing. Yeah. So, like you say it feels mm. like an epilogue, and uh, it's it's a shame that it's ended, but. At least, it, even if it ended earlier than you know we'd have liked, it feels like it still ended on its own terms in the story. At least, like it felt like it, it built up and then it, ended. it didn't feel like it was rushed to the end or anything like that. It didn't feel like it was you know cut sh- short. It was just like eighteen issues plus an annual, right? So it wasn't like mm-hmm. a, a terribly short run. Yeah, and she had to say goodbye to several you know her friends that helped her out and covered for her when yeah. she was missing and all that kind of stuff. She she, she has a goodbye with a few different characters, so. Yeah. Goes back to Walmart, you know yeah. where she's been. Where she's been banned. Uh, it was when we got well, out of that conversation. There, it felt super John Wick. Yeah. Oh yeah. You've been. Uh, what, what's it called? Excommunicated. Is it excommunicado? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen three yet, Connor? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's great. 
Yeah. I haven't seen three yet. I've seen one and two. Yeah. yeah. I'll get to three. It's, uh, better, yeah. it's better than two. Maybe yeah, they get progressive. Yeah, they get for me. They get progressively better as they go, uh, which is rare for for movies. Oh, like I, that. I think one's better than two. No, I think two's better no. than one. I'm moving out in this. Yeah. No. They're all good though. Like, let's not. I mean, like, yeah, like two's still very all, good. It's it's a nice tapestry. Like, they all they all fit together real well. Nothing feels, you know. But like, my mother-in-law watched them out of order. She watched one and then three, and they came back and watched two. And I'm like, what are you doing? She goes, I think I would have enjoyed three more if I had watched two first. I was like, no yeah, shit. that's what I told you. That's, I, I go, that's like you going and watching Star Wars, then jumping to Jedi, and then me coming back and like, oh, man, I wish I had known that Vader was Luke's dad. That would have made three just really, you know, yeah, that's how you're meant to watch them. You know? It's, it's particularly jarring where John Wick 3 literally picks up seconds oh. after two ends. As does two with one. Like yeah, like the yeah. whole things over the course of like a couple of days. Yeah, man, I want to watch three again. <laughs> Damn it! Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. I'll be that long to the home release there. What are we rating silence though? Yeah, uh, I'll give it a seven. I'm gonna go seven. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll go. I'll go spread chair. I'll say seven point five. Um, yeah, there's you know, better sweet to say goodbye, but. Uh, it's been a fun run. So we'll move on then to the final book of the week, and this is Dial H for Hero, issue four. Sam Humphrey's writing with Joe Quinones on the art, and uh, Miguel and Summer uh, are at Justice League Detroit, which is full of robots, which Batman's programmed, and Snapper Carr, who's just kind of hanging around, being useless. So... <laughs> so being snapper car yeah pretty much be snapper car but that's that's the issue it's just that you know just the detroit team big big robots of them big bulky robots mm-hmm. and then snapper car and then snapper car um, yes that's why i like what they did with him on supergirl is they gave him a, an actual character you know he's not just the hanger on of the justice league yeah so yeah i don't recall him doing a lot of actual snapping on supergirl though well that was his thing he had a bad attitude that's why he was snapper you know like, I forget why it is in the Oh, comments, come on. So but... he, 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 they couldn't have once done yeah. the thing where he's like, come on, come on, quickly, quickly, or something yeah. like that. Just give, give me yeah. a snap. Yeah. yeah, yeah the, I got the, you. the reason it says in this, the reason that we're going with it at the minute is um, he he felt out of place, you know, because he was, he was the normal guy amongst the Justice League. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he, Jones. He, so, so he, you know, he snapped. So he had a thing. Yeah, the thing. Like he had a thing, you know, like the rest oh, of the team. His thing was snapping. It was his superpower, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so Snapper wants the phone. He wants the dial. And they're like, no, every, every idol that she used is turned into this obsessed maniac who's trying to, you know, take it from us because they're part of the Thunderbolt Club and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, we, we see uh, Robbie Reed in, in the, the, the hero verse um, kind of like just being mopey. <laughs> and hoping that nothing bad happens yeah. uh, but Captain Thunderbolt um, uh, his spirit's still going around and he actually manipulates the robots in the Justice League Detroit building to basically see Miguel and and Summer as as uh, threats, as yes. psychic threats 
and yeah, so starts coming to attack them. So you have the robot Justice League Detroit attacking the three of them. Yep. Uh, so they go on the run, and of course they try and get out of this. Like, well, we're going to have to dial. And it's like, no, I'm going to dial. No, I'm going to dial. So all three of them dial at the same time, and we get three heroes. We get Chim Change, which is kind of like a Hulk, but instead of turning into a Hulk, she turns into a big chimp. It's very like a noir style thing as well. Yeah, it's the art style in her is very noir. Well, this is one of the things that impressed me here is you get all three of them on the same page, but each one's drawn in their own style. Yeah. Uh, so you get her in the noir, black and white, which is a touch of red, uh, high contrast. Then you get it's very uh, like Cincy. Yeah, and then you get the the snapper cars. He's the alien ice cream man, who has a very what would you call that style actually? That's a good question. It's the sort of thing I expect like a Transformers comic from the eighties to be drawn in, but I don't, I don't... <laughs> kind of like a like a blocky manga kind of style. Uh, kinda. No. no, not blocky. I wouldn't say it's blocky, but just, just no. the, the line and the coloring. I don't know something about it. Um, and then you've got uh, Miguel, who turns into Lil Miguelito, <laughs> who's just a kid with a cape on with no pants, and he's upset that he has no pants. Uh, yeah. So, and then the next That's page is so dumb. I kind of love it. Yeah. So the <laughs> next page is actually really fun because it's like uh, it's like a, it's, they've got like a diagonal rip down the page, and the top half that you only see some of is the origin of uh, of, of Chimp Change. Chimp Change. And then the bottom half uh, of the rip is Ice Cream. Alien Ice Cream Man. Alien Ice Cream Man, yes. He's from a different planet. He's taking power of the, 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 the sweet soft scoop. Yeah, so he, he comes down in a big ice cream ship. And says, Don't be afraid. Uh, I proclaim a golden age of soft serve. Yeah, soft serve, yes. Um, yeah, so that, again, really nice contrast in the art styles. And then Lil Miguel's art style is kind of like a children's like storybook. That's kind of what he yeah, looks like. And it's 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 great. You know, what do you mean your clothes belong in the spaceship and you know the spaceship's the washing machine? Yeah. Which bizarrely, I just recorded an episode of the Atomic Sam experiment called Rocket Man, not the Elton John thing. And it starts with a kid in his flashback in the dryer pretending that he's in like a you know, a spaceship. And he's got like a photo of the earth outside it to make it feel make him feel like he's in a spaceship. Brilliant. Just a weird coincidence that, that happens to be this week with this book. Um, so, so Miguel's not happy, so he keeps trying, he, he complains that his legs are cold, that he feels embarrassed, and he tries to dial the thing again, um, whilst the others are fighting, uh, the, which looks great, by the way, all, all the action here looks great, with them fighting yeah. the, uh, the robots. Um, you know, it turns into the black and white stark noir style, uh, with bullets. Little Miguel turns into, like, a little Viking version of Little Miguel. He's Migu- still Little Miguelito, Mil- Mil- but just with different costumes. Yeah. That's basically what he is. He's got like a beard. He's a little Viking. Uh, and he tries it again. And what was what's this next one he turns into? Where are we? And then he's like a... He's got like a it's mustache. Kind of a because he's still got like the Viking horn helmet and... Uh, but he's got like a Hawaiian... Uh, what do you call the, the Hawaiian skirts, Matt? You'll know. That's a hula skirt. Hula skirt, yeah. No, yeah, that's, still, that's still from the Viking outfit. Is it? Yeah, go back. It's like a sarong. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, right. No, it's, it's still his Viking, Viking thing. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but he's got the cape back on. Uh, or does he have the cape before? I can't remember. But yeah, either way, it just it just keeps changing. But, through yeah, his hair's changed. He's, 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 he's a little cyclops. He's got, you know, yeah. he actually has one eye that we see, but he also has, like, you know, Marvel cyclops visor as well. Yes. Uh, but then uh, this is when Thunderbolt shows up and says, hey, I can help you uh, if you just dial S. Basically, 
Uh, if you dial S, um, yeah. I can help you. Uh, for, S for Sucker McGee. Sucker McGee, yes. Uh, which, unfortunately for him, lets Thunderbolt out. Uh, and Thunderbolt's back out in the real world. Uh, so Little Miguel has, has caused a, a disaster. Uh, so the issue ends with Thunderbolt escaping into a portal and Miguel says, you know what? No, I'm not. I can't face Superman having failed like this and brought this villain into the world. So he dives into the portal after him. So we end the book with him going through the portal in the hero verse as the others yeah. are left behind in shock. Yeah. Something, a little bit of dialogue we should point out is uh, Snapper is like, hey, you know, I've used one of them before in, in reference to uh, mm. the, the hero dials. Implying, okay, there's more than one. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, also worth uh, mentioning, um, just the I forgot what I was going to say. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> Connor jumped on his point, and I was like, okay. I'll say that next, and I forgot what it was. <laughs> Such a Connor, that's a good point. But also, shit, <laughs> I can't leave it at that. Can't give Connor confidence. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I'm sorry, but. I'm not. Oh, that's what it was. Yes, uh, as, soon, as soon as Thunderbolt showed up, uh, they all went back to normal. All their powers went away, and the costumes yeah. went away. That's what it was. Yeah. One, one of my uh, one of my favorite lines was Snapper being like, "Hey, be careful with that thing. You might cause an eighth crisis." <laughs> yeah, I like that line actually as well. Uh dear. No, this was delightful again, and this was probably the most focused issue because it was all in one location. Because usually they've been traveling around a lot uh, yeah. in the previous issues, but. Uh, no, nah, I love this book. I am so glad that this is uh, been, extended. been extended to twelve. Yeah, uh, very pleased by that fact. Yeah, this this now, now does it hit. does it feel like um, the first? It's gonna be like two arcs, like this arc starting to get wrapped up, or does it feel like? Um, well, it's hard because he's just gonna continue it because this is issue four, so it's hard to tell right. at this point. And um, this is definitely kind of the big thing at the end of issue four. I can definitely see it sort of wrapping up an arc at issue six and then starting a new one. I, I feel like okay. this is going to end up the end with the, the Thunderbolt thing, or at least to a point here, because uh, like I say, you know, he dives in after it, he's going to confront it so that he doesn't disappoint Superman, right? Um, so that, that does feel like ramping up towards the end of the story, going into you know the, the last third. Mm-hmm. Um, it does yeah. kind of feel like that point. And we're definitely seeing a Superman appearance, but at the, either the end of the first arc or the end of the book total. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're seeing him meet Superman. It's totally happening. Um, now, I, I want to commend the art a lot because it, it does this thing where it changes styles and they're so different in, like, not even similar. Like, you know, the, the noir one for the for the, the, the chimp change versus the ice cream man. Like, they're so completely different, both in colouring and line work and styles. And the book's been doing that all the way through with, with its origins for the characters that but It just created. works so well, doesn't it? Ble- they manage yeah. to blend it well, even when they're, you know, because they're against the, the standard, let's say, house style for the book, right? Which is you know the default stuff before it changes, and then you have like these three characters all on the same page appearing in their own styles, but still like pasted onto the backdrop of the the regular style uh, for the for the world around them, uh, which should just feel out of place and wrong, but it somehow works. No, it works. It's it's it's, it's a example of concept meeting the the. Just me, me, meeting the artistic kind of like ambition, right? Where they've got this weird wacky idea, but the concept actually justifies it. It's the sort of thing where if you told me there was four artists in this book, I'd believe it and understand why. And the fact that there's only one is much more impressive. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Yeah, normally we can play them in like two different arts to try to look the same so they don't feel jarring but here we're we're actually giving this guy credit for looking as different as possible because right, <laughs> if you told me oh we're going to use three different artists to get this to get all these different styles i'd be like sure that makes complete sense in context of what you're doing with this book shazam <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but here it would have made sense you go all right different artists for a different style the fact that it's one guy doing all of them is uh, is much more impressive. Yeah, that is. Are we written up? I'm giving it an 8.5. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. 8.5. It's really good. Uh, so there you go. That is that is the last of the books this week. Uh, which takes us on to the section of the show where we pick our favourite stuff of the week. We do our favourite panel slash moment, favourite art, favourite cover, and of course top five books. So, Matt, what is your favourite panel slash moment? Um, man, this one's tough. I know what Connor's is probably gonna be. Oh, so you know, I don't know what mine is. Oh, you don't know? Um. Hmm. I mean, it's probably from Justice League Dark. Let's be honest. But... Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. You know what? I'll I'll take it from Action Comics. It's it's the it's more of a sequence in a moment, but. When when uh, Good's talking to to Rosenthorn, and you get the the differences around the panels, mm-hmm. you know, so because it starts with roses and it ends up with stems and thorns, I'll go for that. Okay, Connor. Uh, I'm gonna go with obviously from Justice League Dark, as I just said. Uh, I'm gonna go with Chaos Satana uh, grabbing yeah, the panels that's... and then ripping it apart. Yep, that's what I thought you would do, and you did it. So I'm, 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 I'm predictable, apparently. Bizarrely, I'm actually going to go with The Flash, even though I have issues with the book overall. Uh, the scene at the door with them on either side was actually really goddamn it's, good. So It's really good, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to give that moment of the week. Um, which is why it's frustrating that the book's not doing it for me as, as a whole. Um, yeah. But uh, best cover of the week, I'll start this one off because I'll just jump in and say the regular action cover is the one. That, that's the one I, I loved as soon as I saw it, yep. and I still love it now, even compared to yep. everything else. So Me, me too. Yeah, I'm actually going to agree as well. Yeah, although I noticed they added their uh, red cloud onto it because I remember when they first yeah. revealed it, it was just Superman flying over the uh, the, the fortress. But I, but I like that he's like escaping her. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. cool. The the only other cover that even provides any competition this week is the Wonder Woman variant. Yeah, yeah, Frisian? yeah, yeah. Frisian. yeah. Um, all right, uh, best uh, art of the week then, uh, Connor. Uh, that's easy. Style H for That's that's a fair fair point, uh, Matt. I'm gonna go with Justice League Dark. Um, I like I I would love to give it to action. There's just a couple of little things kind of holding it back, yep. but I loved a lot of those pages and moments. Uh, but I think I'll also have to go with Style H for Hero. Uh, for the overall art. So, uh, there you go. Uh, so that takes on to our top five books of the week. Uh, Matt, go on. Start taking. So us home. number one. Yep. Number one is Justly Dark. Number two is Action Comics. Number three is The Terrifics. Number four, I gotta look up what else I had. Uh-huh. Do this book. Um, I'm at four. We'll go. I guess we'll go Silencer and then Flash. So All right. Connor. Uh, so out of my five books, I only really like three of them. But that'll be justly dark. Dial H, silencer. I mean, 
yeah. I guess the Flash was better than Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta still rank them, Connor. There's five I'm of get, them. I'm getting there. That's the, that's the fun thinking. of the challenge. Even when they're, they're bad, you still have to do it. That's the fun of it. <laughs> Uh, very clear it's a top three and then just a, well i guess this one is better than the other all right all right we, we know how you think we, we understand this you don't have to explain it again right there might be new people um i'm sure that they can feel their way around it's fine <laughs> the, uh, my number one is going to be dial h for hero number two is action comics number three is uh, silencer number four is terrifics and number five yeah, I mean, Flash had the great moments. So I'll put that over Wonder Woman. But I mean, it, it's a bit. It's a bit, The average this week isn't hot. Like you know, like it's not a, a great average score for me this week. Yep, it's no, pretty low. Yeah, uh, but we're getting some new books soon. Things will be shaking up. So hopefully, get that... some new books as soon as next week, I believe. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm about to tell you what's coming next week. Um, but yeah, and obviously we'll have uh, Wilson back in Wonder Woman, which I expect will greatly improve next week for. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we'll look at what's coming next week from DC Comics, which you know, in case you didn't what know, we do. DC, DC Comics uh, is, is the is the publisher that makes the books that we talk about every week. In case you, in case you hadn't gotten that yet, <laughs> in case you made it through the last I don't know two-ish hours without figuring that out, yeah, or, or indeed the last 160 episodes, uh, all that too. So coming next week, we've got Adventures of the Super Sons issue twelve. It is the final issue. And Matt, are you still going to be covering that? Yeah, probably. Yeah, final issue. You can knock it out of the park. Yeah. Uh, Batgirl thirty six is next week, uh, which is cool. I mean, week one has typically been quieter, so I'm okay with a book being delayed from this week to next. Uh, so get Batgirl thirty six. Uh, we have one that we won't be covering, which is Batman Ninja Turtles uh, issue, or sorry, number three issue three. So this is the third of the minis. Um, we have Deceased Issue 3, of course. We're looking forward to that. Um, we have uh, the final issue of Female Furies coming out. Uh, oh, we also have Deathstroke 45, which I did kind of gloss over. Um, Green Lantern Issue 9 is out next week, as mm-hmm. is Harley Quinn Issue 63. All these um, stock card variants and uh, offers are throwing me off here. Uh, I'm used to seeing the numbers yeah. at the end. Uh, Justice League 27 is out next week. Lois Lane number one is out, but arguably the main event of next week, I'd say. Give us the shiny new book. Mm. Um, may still headline the Both covers. Yeah. Liking both covers. I, I feel like I remember liking both covers from my memory. Um, and then, is that the final thing? Uh, no, oh, we, we have Superman Up in the Sky. Superman Up in the Sky issue one. I, I'm King. That's, that's the Cuber. Walmart reprints, yeah. Um, I'll definitely be trying that. I want to try that and uh, talk about yeah. it. I know, obviously, we didn't mention that because it's not a, a strict DC book, but the uh, the new Doom Patrol book from from Way starts next week. Sure, well. yeah, yeah. Um, if I had read the first batch, I, I may actually cover that in the show, but I didn't. So, <laughs> oh, you got a week. Oh, it's not happening. <laughs> it's not happening. It's busy TV schedule right now. Come on, it is. Yeah. I know. Uh, so that's what's coming next. What is on week? in the summer? everything yeah dark is uh, on from netflix uh, right now tools dead to the young from amazon handmaid's tales on big little lies is on from hbo um stranger things is starting this week i know that yeah I we are swamped I Legion, legions on yeah legions back on like i think they're swamped matt and Absolutely then obviously swamped. we've got the dc shows that we've still got krypton and swamp thing young justice is back this week good lord you guys watch too much tv <laughs> you're telling me <laughs> Uh, mostly really good TV, though. To be fair, I mean, you know, yeah, but still, Swamp Thing being the, eh, 
Yeah, that is the notable exception on that list. Y'all watch uh, Good Omens? No, Pete didn't like the look of it because he's a boring Uh, bastard. Well, I didn't realize they dropped them all. They they Netflixed it on Prime. Amazon usually do that. I didn't realize that. So I was waiting for it to end, and then I found out from from, uh, one of our friends through the comics group, Andrew, but nah, they all dropped on the same day. Hey, so I've been waiting for no reason. <laughs> don't, don't don't worry, Matt. Uh, like there won't be any more because the Christians have petitioned that Netflix don't make any more Good Omens. Yeah, I love that. I I don't know if Amazon said it or if Netflix. They're like, hey, we'll we'll stop making Stranger Things when you stop making um, how would they? Or we'll stop making Good Omens when you stop making Stranger Things. <laughs> One of them said it to. Well, I think because... Amazon said it to. Netflix. Yeah, Netflix put out something first. Said, yeah. "Okay, we promise we won't make any more Good Omens," yeah. which was funny because they didn't make Good yeah. Omens. It was and Amazon. And then Amazon right. hit back with, "Hey, we won't make any more Stranger Things if you won't make any more yeah. of that." Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, speak, pretty, speaking pretty of nice. Andrew, uh, his the comic yeah. that he uh, made, I uh, backed on Kickstarter, yeah. finally arrived this yeah. week. Oh, so, good. Yeah. Let us know. I'm looking forward to checking. I got my, my I got my sketch uh, with it as well. Nice. Uh, what was your sketch? I saw James's. I got a uh, Spectre. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> on the same week the detective came out you're like nah <laughs> i i kind of just left it free i was like hey just just do it just do any dc character surprise me uh nice. oh that's good that's cool cool oh, gsa by john's book three is out this week yes and it is also uh on on the non-dc side he also got sea of stars which is the new jason aaron creator owned it's also uh, notable hopes, isn't it that's what, yeah i think so um also noticeable that it looks like there's a space shark on it, which is um, so it like, is an arrow. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, it, uh, exactly. And also um, notably, uh, next this week also has Buffer the Vampire Slayer issue six, based on the hit television show Buffer the Vampire Slayer. Wow, <laughs> Matt's was an actual new issue one that was no reach, reach. That, like you, that was a stretch reach. That was like me going to the top. Of something, and I'm short, so. <laughs> um, How tall are you? I'm only five six. So it's not like I'm, super I'm, short. It's a, it's a, it's, no. a, it's on the shorter side, but yeah, yeah, you're not tiny. Uh, I make up for it with my with my girth. Yeah, so, well, we know. I'm, I'm yeah, like, you, you got the width, no height, but you got plenty of width. I'm like a wrecking ball. <laughs> That's why I love uh, on, on wrestling, Pete. You know, heavy machinery. Mm-hmm. You, you got Otis. I say he's my spirit animal. My wife doesn't like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> then I start walking around the house like him. And my shoulders are up more. Yeah, she's not saying. Uh, yeah. Do you know what else is next week? It's, uh, it's issue three of uh, Star Trek Year Five. But um, this, this, might be the, this might be one of the Jodie Hauser issues, maybe. Okay. I thought, well, he's... Cause, he's no, because the, the, way, the way they're he's doing like, it is actually uh, rotating writers. Like, so they're doing it like, you know, two issues is an episode. So yeah, Wait. one one to rise to that, and they've cool. got like a writer's room. Um, so, oh. yeah, yeah, that's cool. All right, uh, yeah. is that us? Have we wrapped up the show? I think we more or that's less it. have. I don't have to do yeah. the outro and stuff, but oh, you know, what else? real quick, you know what else is next week? Because we we got to get it in. What? And you get the Tom Taylor drop in, but his first issue of Age of Resistance. Is that next week? Yeah, it's next week. Fine, I'll play it. Guys, make make Pete read these. Enough X Men. Tom <laughs> Taylor, Tom Taylor, Star Wars. Do it. 
Uh, and we'll be back next week. And next week will be, I think, the day of the World, World, the, the World Cup final is next Sunday. So we'll be recording the night before. So we'll know well, which, which there... we'll know which of us is in it, Matt. I'll, I'll make I'll make you this promise. I will root for whoever wins that game. So if, if it is you guys, I'm fully that with depends. you. If if you beat us by a dramatic margin, yes. I will root for the other team to destroy you. Well, it's gonna be hard with Sweden, right? Yeah, 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 the yeah. Viking, you have the Viking heritage there. <laughs> so, you know, my one of my favorite hockey players is from there. So, you know, rooting interest. I do not care. That's why I mean that. I, I know. I don't care who wins. I, I don't care if US or UK get booted out. I really don't give a shit. So that's only well, Scotland. Pete, I just go. You can't. I don't even know it was a separate team. I thought it was a UK team. Oh, come on. No. It's that's, never. That's only for the Olympics. Yeah. I thought you guys have a, a, a rugby thing over there. It's like the the six cup or something, where it's only the six six nations. Six Nations Cup, whatever. Yeah. We were watching that because my friend was over, and she has a thing for Irishmen, and that Irish rugby team is jacked. Like <laughs> there were some are. guys on there. I was like, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so we were watching. We were watching them just trounce. Uh, who were they playing? I think it was France. France didn't have a chance. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah, rugby's fun though. It's like everything I want in soccer and American football in one. It is kind you know? of a mishmash of the two of them. Yeah. So it's like, oh, soccer's boring because it's running back and forth, you know, but football's boring because it's stop and go. Hey, we're going to, you know, hit each other at varying speeds, but we're not going to stop. So, yeah. Yeah. Is Pete on himself yet? Yeah, yeah we're done. <laughs> we, keep, we keep going find out. Uh. Uh. So I, I think in uh, soccer you guys have the transfer wire, right? Like it's this, in, that's what hockey has right now, and everyone's trying to get signed, and it's very stressful. Yeah, the transfer nights are window. Up again. So like twice a year, yeah. you get a yeah. chance to. Okay, this is when your transfers can happen. Trade, trade deadline, yeah. So Vegas is up against the cap because we made a lot of during the year signings, and it's been very stressful because you don't want your favorite player to to get traded yeah. away for picks, you know, for money considerations. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll give you an update on something from last week. You remember how we had that whole ten-minute conversation about Tim, and I gave Tim yeah. his own timestamp in the in the yeah. timestamps. I told him I was like, "Hey, Tim, we talked about you for like ten minutes." His response was only ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I miss him. About he's, right. been, he's he's been on radio silence since on vacation. Yep. And. I, I missed that. Oh, I know. I mean, I'm Matt, sure I, I, just text him, I but... tweeted him, I tweeted yeah. him, informing him with glee that the boy too has been delayed, and he's not even responded with, with yeah. his upset voice shit. It's, it's like, because you usually, you know, we'll get like a Facebook it, message from him. Just, just, you know, for me, yeah. just in the middle of the night, so I'll wake up from just a stupid message from yes. Tim on a lot of days. I'll be like, God damn it, Tim. Uh, yeah, uh, I think he's out of the country. That's why I'm not sure. He's a man of international mystery, so who knows? Um, I said that backwards on purpose because he's not an international man. He's <laughs> he's, but his mystery definitely international. He's a man of intestinal mystery. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> oh, wah, wah. 
All right. Are we just making the the legend of Tim grow every week now? We Apparently. are, as we should. Uh, yeah. The I legend still, spreads. The, the, the thing it, that made it, me remember it feels Tim. Like the, the Power Girl thing, you know, where you know the the, the reason is just because they kept kept uh, you know making them bigger every issue just to see yeah. if the editor was even paying attention. Obviously, yeah. they weren't for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, and this is just right. How long do we go before Tim actually, you know, we make up something so ridiculous about Tim that he finally notices and it's like, hey, what the hell? Mm. This plays into what I was going to say, where the first time I remember interacting with Tim on the internet was some Bigfoot thread where he said that he knew a girl that had such a such an encounter with Bigfoot that she didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> so he spent the whole rest of the time of that night trying not to bring up Bigfoot, which is all he wanted to do. <laughs> That's all he wants to do half the time anyway. Exactly. So... Uh, Oh, Tim. The Legend of Tim. Oh, my God. Um, Agents of Tomorrow, Legend of Tim. Mashup shirt. Get on it. All right. I think that, that wraps up the show. I'm hungry, so we're wrapping up the show now. Uh, you can, of course, support us by liking, subscribing. Let us know what you thought of the comics in the, the comments below. You can like and subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, you can, of course, rate us on your podcast app. That does help a lot. You know, I don't know if you can rate us on Spotify, but you can definitely rate us on just about every other podcast app you might be using. Uh, it helps people find the show and be excited by it, uh, as I know you all are. You're all excited by the the shenanigans that go on. Uh, you can support us financially over at Patreon, patreon.com slash TV. We can support us for as little as $1 per month and uh, get some bonuses extras and just keep keep the shows coming, basically. Uh, so keep having a look at that. And otherwise, check out other content that we do at Mailfuzz TV. If, you, if you're interested in movies or TV shows, um, we have a lot of shows talking about those. Uh, the, the previously mentioned Tim's on a horror movie podcast with myself. We talk about a horror movie every week. Sometimes we put out bonus episodes as well. Uh, we just talked about one of Tim's favourite movies this week, Leprechaun 2. <laughs> you can go check out the I, uh, discussion. I, I saw a comment from one of the regular listeners saying it was their favourite episode. Yes. <laughs> so, probably well worth checking out. But so, so if you don't know what the plot of Leprechaun 2 is, right, that's the one where Leprechaun, uh, played by your, your man um, uh, Warwick Davis, who he if he if he's looking for a bride... And he can only do this every 1,000 years. And he's looking for a bride. And if he makes the, the woman sneeze three times, then she'll be his wife. That, that, that's that's the rules. But he goes with this guy, and then there's a little twist here where the woman that he wants to take for his wife is this guy's uh, daughter. And Tim in the review, I shit you not, said the following thing. This is one of the greatest twists in cinematic history. Straight face. Show me where the lie is. <laughs> the whole thing is the lie. <laughs> you have to back up a couple of steps to see the lie because it's, it's, it's expanded beyond your range of vision. Okay, well, still, show me where the lie is. I can't. It's, my vision doesn't go that far. I have to <laughs> see it from space. <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, check out that screws after Reddit. Uh, but that is us. That has been Comics from the Multiverse. This has been episode 161. And Matt, we're getting close to 169. You can make a lot of wrestling jokes on that episode. <laughs> close. 
Yeah, very close. All right, that is us. Thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics, and remember, guys, to never get lost in the Speed Force. And long live the Legion.